and welcome to this week's episode of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Holy crap, do we have an episode for you today. We're going to start things off with a little talk about not just Mario Kart 7, but the whole history of the series. That's featuring uh, Carl Castaneda, Johnny Metz, and Neil Ronahan. After that, uh, myself, Neil, and Mike get together to talk about the recently released GBA Ambassador games for the 3DS. They're pretty awesome. Much better than the NES ones. Um, next... Returning to Mario Kart, uh, Nicholas Bray and Pedro Hernandez talk about, I guess, probably one of the more overlooked entries in the series, and that is Mario Kart Super Circuit. Lastly, we have a game of NWR Jeopardy for you, uh, featuring myself, Neil, Nate Andrews, and Pedro Hernandez. And uh, just one final note before we uh, get the show started. We were having the contest to name the uh, Minute Rant segment. And we got a lot of great entries, but uh, we're going to give this one to Pure Evil with his suggestion of what pushes my buttons. So uh, we gave him a little uh, 3DS point card so he could go buy Pushmo and Mighty Switch Force and whatever else he wants. So uh, thank you everybody who entered, and uh, keep an eye out. I'm sure we're going to do another contest soon. As for now, enjoy the show. Seven came out recently, and in celebration of that, I've got Jonathan Metz. Hey, welcome to the kids' table. Kids' table, fuck you, man, fuck. Um, and Carl Castaneda. Hi, I'm I'm holding a shirt up to lock down Echo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna talk about shirts and Mario Kart. So let's uh, and Pushmo. Yes, and Pushmo. Pushmo, which if you haven't gotten yet, you should. It's $7 on the eShop, and you can get exactly that amount of money now, because yeah. the new update's awesome. It is great. Yeah. And oh, you can you can buy specific amounts of money? Yeah. Like, I, I, have, I did not know I have that. an overload of money right now, but like if you had, like let's say, a dollar, and you wanted to get Pushmo, you could put on exactly you know five ninety nine or whatever it is. Plus tax for yeah. me. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know they changed that. I Wow, yeah. 3DS just got way more awesome in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah indeed. And I all these hats so and find me makes me want a Street Pass again. Mm-hmm. I know. I need I need Pax East. I'm fiending for, mm. for Street Passes consistently. Oh my god, I dude! Seriously, you're gonna <laughs> clean up so hard at Pax East for Street Passes. I'm ready, it's ridiculous. <laughs> ready. My body is ready for Pax oh, East. Oh man. <laughs> Which I imagine all three of us will be there. Oh, I'll be there. High water. Mm-hmm. Panel or no, we'll still be there, but there will likely be a panel. Panel oh, or yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Mario Kart is a thing that came out recently, and mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about the older ones, as people are wont to do whenever new games and series come out. Right. So let's start with the beginning. Super Mario Kart, Super Nintendo, came out in about 1992, and was this first game of this whole kart racing thing. Um, I didn't really play it too much at first because I was four when it came out. I guess Johnny, you probably <laughs> played it around when it came out. Yeah, I did. Carl and I are babies. <laughs> I did. I, I my friends had it. I never owned the game, but my friends had it, and I played it with them. And we rented it. My sister and I. That was back probably 
towards the end of the era when my sister would actually play video games with me. And, uh, and we rented it, and we played it together, and it was neat. But, you know, Super Mario Kart's only two players. Right. And I think in terms of racing, it's pretty hard to make a good two-player racing game. Sure. Yeah. And the battle mode was maybe the most fun of of the entire series, but again, limited to two people. And I think if you went back and played it now, I have a feeling that the original Super Mario Kart battle mode is not as much fun as maybe you remember, but it was so different from anything else at the time. Yeah. Right. And competitive multiplayer just was didn't exist very much in 1992. We didn't have first-person shooters. Right. So there weren't, other than Tecmo Bowl, there really weren't that many opportunities to play a video game against another person, especially a racing game, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, you got all this combat stuff. I mean, this is before Twisted Metal or any of that stuff. It was mm-hmm. really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, my, my experience with it, I mean, I was on the younger side, but I do have a brother who I think is about two years older than you, Johnny. Mm-hmm. And he had he would have friends over, and one of them would bring over their Super Nintendo, and they would get into very very heated Super Mario Kart matches mm-hmm. that really centered around battle mode. Yeah. And I'm I'm friends with one of his friends who who was really big into it on Facebook, and I was actually talking to him about Mario Kart games because he was inquiring about them, and just about how none of them lived up to Super Mario Kart for him. <laughs> and like he still goes back and plays Super Mario Kart whenever he hangs out with old friends. But I don't think, like, I think he played Mario Kart 64, never really enjoyed it, and just kind of fell off the series. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of sect of people that are just really into Super Mario Kart. Yeah, I, I think, you know, everyone has a favorite Mario Kart, and I think we're going to get into that later on in the show. But um, I feel like Indeed. whichever Mario Kart you put the most time into, like, whichever Mario Kart you happen to really land on the series with is the Mario, is your favorite Mario Kart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I but think maybe uh, you put the most time into it because you liked well, it sure. the best. Well, sure. Yeah, well, that, that might be an easy thing. But I'm saying, like, what, eventually you latched onto a Mario Kart, put soup, like a crazy amount of time into it, and yeah. for all time, that will be your favorite Mario Kart, regardless of what comes out. Yeah, I mean that that kind of echoes what uh, I think Giant Bomb, uh, someone over at Giant Bomb, I think in the review, and they, I don't know if they talked about it on the podcast or not, but this whole idea of like like the the Mario Kart theory is that like whatever one you played first is your favorite one, and you'll just <laughs> critique the other ones endlessly because they're not that one that you originally played. Sure. I mean, if if, if we want to, I mean, is there really much else to say about Super Mario Kart? Not really. Yeah, I okay. mean, it's it's. I mean, it was, that, it was that mode and, uh, seven, which was. Uh, it looked really cool. It, it, still it does. looked cool because you know there were a lot of mode seven games on Super Super Nintendo going back to F Zero, which was essentially yeah. a launch title. Sure. I think Super Mario Kart definitely had a different look because it was so much brighter and more colorful and more cartoony mm-hmm. than any of the other mode seven racers, and it it did stand out for that reason, you right. know, and it made good use. And and I think I've I've heard stories about how the Mode 7 used by Super Mario Kart was actually more advanced than, than in some of those other games. I'm not really sure of the technical details, but, you know, it, it the course designs were certainly more complex than what you got in F-Zero. And there oh, were more, yeah, definitely. more sprites on the screen. You know, you had all the combat stuff. It was it was a busy game. It was really cool looking at the time. Yeah. yeah and then um, the series moved on uh, five years later and went four-player, and... Uh, I guess kind of kind of moved to the N64 with Mario Kart 64, where changed up the characters a little bit. No more Koopa Troopa, no more Donkey Kong Jr. Instead, you got Wario and Donkey Kong. Right. Um, and then, you know, put it in 3D and kind of issued that Mode 7 graphics for something that, I mean, what did it use? Like, 
I'm blanking out on the term for what the characters were. Like the well, the characters sprites. were sprites, so yeah. they weren't 3D, but the tracks were 3D, and yep. it was important because now they're hills. There's sure. no yeah, hills yeah. in Super Mario Kart. There's ramps, yeah. but you really like flat ramps funny. that just make your sprite move up higher on the screen and then come back down. <laughs> in Mario Kart 64, there's real ramps. You know, you can catch air. I mean, that, those there's tracks that are three-dimensional. Definitely. Yeah. Now, there's I don't bridges know where you go over another piece of the track, and it was just, you know, unfathomable in the original game. So it really had a very different feel to it. Right. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've probably poured... This, this is probably the second Mario Kart game that I've put a ton of time into. Like, in order, I probably put this one in the second most. It was it was the first, and I got the game with my N64 yeah. when I got it. Or, or it was, I got my N64 around when Mario Kart came out, and I... I played it incessantly. Like, that was one of the few games I've gotten, you know, my parents to play with me, my brother and my sister to play with me. Mm -hmm. I, I had a ton of fun playing multiplayer with that game for, for years. Yeah, I, uh, my, my, a good friend of mine, John Rand, uh, puts Mario Kart in a very special place that describes all of our childhoods, which is Mario Kart, Koopa Troopa Beach, Sunny D, and Big Willie Style Track 8, Miami, <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> and that oh, pretty much ra wraps up a childhood. But, I mean, here's the thing about Mario Kart 64. It's actually the worst Mario Kart game. Yeah, yeah, it I, is. I don't agree with that. It is, dude. It's it, added, it added technicality to the driving with the power slide mechanic. The The tracks were wider to accommodate m more people and, and more jockeying for position. The mm -hmm. items were... Um, I think overall more interesting than they were in the first game, and the battle mode is the best of the entire series. Yeah, actually, I would say the battle mode in, in Mario Kart 64. Yeah, okay. I, every, I, everything else was just kind of clawing at trying to get back to Super Mario Kart, Mario Mario Kart 64's battle mode. It was well, the first must-have four-player game on N64. It came out before definitely. Goldeneye, and for for a long, I never owned it. Actually, it was it was like Goldeneye, a game that I just rented when people came over. Yeah, you know, we would I, have. I'd have like weekends where my buddies would come over. We'd rent an N64 game and just sit down and play. I mean, we did this with Duke Nukem 64 once. We didn't necessarily <laughs> have high standards, sure. but but we would do this. And I didn't need to own it because I wasn't going to play it by myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I just I just rented it on an as needed basis, and we played a ton of Mario Kart 64. No, that I, way. and I did too. And it's not a bad game, but it has the floatiest controls in the series by far. I mean, really, honestly, bad controls. There are bad controls in that game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, there are some. There are also some levels in the game that are that are really kind of terrible. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean, it is the it is by far the just the ugliest looking game in that series. It is ugly. It, it is. I ugly. mean, that's, that goes from it being one of the first two. Yeah, I mean, look, I, a lot of N64 games look really crappy now. So yeah. you know, that's just a fact of the technology. But really, even that one especially. Really for me, for me the only reason I replay the the only reason I play Mario Kart sixty four at all is just because I had so much fun with it. Sure, it yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's a lot of rose colored glasses. It's a lot of nostalgia. Um, where I don't really think like I can honestly say objectively, you know what? It doesn't really hold up that well. It's not you know, time hasn't been kind to it, but mm -hmm. I still have great memories with that. And it's also still out of you know my my wider group of friends, it's the Mario Kart game that everyone plays. Exactly, yeah. That, that's that's everyone the knows and, how to play it for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and look, I have it on Wii Virtual Console. I've been known to play it from time to time. It's not a bad. I've game. played it a lot. Um, it's not a bad game. It's just it's just not the best. It's just for me at least the, my least favorite game in that series. Um, now, 
granted, I never played very much of uh, Super Mario Kart, and I didn't play very much Super Circuit either. Um, but of the ones that I did play, Mario Kart 64 is my least favorite, especially because if you compare it to its PlayStation rival, Crash Team Racing, oh, God. it is far inferior. I mean, it is it is this al- again? It's almost unfair how much better Crash Team Racing is than Mario Kart 64. Well, I think Crash Team Racing came out at least two years later. Yeah, it was a year. Crash or two Team later. Racing was a, a later PS1 game, yeah. if yeah. I recall. It, I mean, yeah, yeah, they it, might have learned a few things from playing a lot of Mario Kart 64. <laughs> that might be true. Sure, um, <laughs> I'm I'm just venturing a guess here. Yeah, well, I mean, look, who? The fact is, it, it was a car. I mean, I, look, I like I like Diddy Kong Racing better than Mario Kart 64 by so a long yeah. shot. Yeah. But I still think MK64 is a great game. I played it a year ago. I have a friend had a, a retro gaming party uh, with a bunch of people who are not gamers, but who grew up. You know, they're my age. They grew up, and Mario Kart 64 was a game that everybody played back in the late 90s, yep. and everybody knows how sure. to play it. We busted that shit out and played it four players for hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and we had a blast. So I just. You, you, I, I don't get the retro hate for it. I really don't. No, I, look, I've look. Here's the, the fact: is this, I'm not like, saying I, you're <laughs> hating on it, Carl. I'm saying yeah. people do. People yeah. do have retro hate for Mario Kart. It's kind of like I mean, I, I don't mean this to, to poke fun at your comment at the PAX panel and then your review for the game a couple years prior. It's kind of like Twilight Princess, where I mean, I've definitely been known to kind of hate on that game a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But I, when I played it, I enjoyed the crap out of it. And yeah. just I, looking back, I'm not as fond of it. I hate. Well, yeah, sure. My my thing at the panel was a joke about the sure. answers, but I didn't actually mean that. Right, right, right. I mean, look, yeah. As and as, even as much as I'm criticizing it now, it's not a bad game at all. It's a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's game just the worst in the series. And it's a game that I have a ton of nostalgic love for, but it is just for me the worst game in the series. So has has any of us actually really played Mario Kart Super Circuit? Because the only time I ever really played it was sometime I think in late middle school, early high school, where I would play multiplayer with people because yeah, I never owned the game. I, I played Still a little thing. bit of it, but I was I just couldn't be bothered because getting a link cable to play multiplayer seems stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I never bought it. I mean, I I played it here and there. You know, it had that single cart multiplayer, which is a really cool feature. It's very limited. You can only play as Yoshi. Right. But yeah. it, was a, it was a real novelty at the time, and it was a way to show the game to other people without them mm-hmm. having to buy a copy of it. And yeah. um, and so I, I did play it. You know, I remember I was writing for the site when that game came out, and mm-hmm. um, it was the early 2000s. And I remember Nintendo doing a promotion where they got people on all four corners of the of the. Oh United yeah, States I remember that too. I think I yeah. think I read about that out on SonicGameCube.com. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that. Maybe he wanted to fly somebody out for that, and we we couldn't really justify anybody doing it. But uh, <laughs> it was a weird promo event. Of course, a few yeah. years later, they found out that 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 location of the four corners is not really geographically correct. Somebody <laughs> 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 had drawn the lines improperly or something. But right. anyway, um, you know, it, 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 you know, four player portable Mario Kart. Actually, portable Mario Kart. Period was a real yeah. novelty. Mm. But GBA just wasn't a good multiplayer machine. It wasn't. And it's true. I didn't really see Mario Kart as being something that I necessarily wanted to play on a portable system. Mm-hmm. Especially since they went back to the flat, you know, Mode 7 style thing of the first game, which I didn't like as much as 64. So I, I just never, I never got really into it. But I played it a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a GBA Ambassador game. So yeah, will... so we'll be playing it. Like in two days. Yeah, yeah, we'll be checking it out uh, for sure on that since uh, since I'll own it for free. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? 
I mean, really the way I feel in Mario Kart single player throughout all the games is that I enjoy going through it once or twice, you know, when locking some stuff. And then I never really play single player again, and I yeah, just they, play multiplayer. They really haven't cracked the code, and it's sad because it's definitely possible to make a fun single player racing game. And there's like lots Diddy of Kong examples, racing. even even Nintendo first party games that, <laughs> that are much better examples of how to do it. And Mario Kart, they just don't seem to care. Mm, I mean, I, I, for, for me, it's not as much of an issue. I've always enjoyed, you know, cracking open uh, Grand Prix mode. And playing for a few hours and just doing just doing races single player that's never really been a problem for me. It's um, more tolerable in some entries than in others. Grandpa. Right, and it, and it most definitely is for me at least in the next game in the series, Mario Kart DS, which is my favorite. Ah, oh, oh, you're skipping oh, I'm over. So sorry. Oh Double god, Dash came first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, and you know what? It's easy to do because it was pretty forgettable for me. Oh, boo. Because you didn't play it, right? Apparently. I didn't play it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I've played it maybe... I, I've, I've put a few hours into it, but honestly, I just didn't really... It didn't catch me, and I've never been a fan of the actual mechanic of yeah. having two people in the same car. I get the idea behind it, and it, I, on, for, on paper, it sounds fun, but for me, it just never really caught. See, I was reminded of how much I really enjoyed the, uh, the the two players in the cart when I was actually reading Johnny's review before we recorded. I read it, where, too. <laughs> yeah, and you told me to read it. So. <laughs> but you, you pointed out in it about how, like, really the way to play that game is going through it co-op. Because mm-hmm. you can do that, and mm-hmm. I actually did do that with one of my friends, and we had a blast with that game. And it really is, it's, it's a great co-op game, and... I'm I'm really Weirdly, sad it hasn't right? come back. Like surprisingly yeah. good for co-op. It doesn't like if you just hear someone describe it, you're like, I don't understand why that would be fun to have one person who's only driving and the other person is only using items. It just seems mm-hmm. like it would be too simple for both yeah. people. You know, you're taking what you would normally do by yourself and you're just reducing that for for two people, and it's. It, it's a little bit hard to explain, but because both elements, you know, it, it divides up the driving and the combat parts of Mario Kart gameplay. And because both elements are very important, you really have to talk to each other and both be good at what you do. And if you yeah. get a team together that's where both players are very good at their roles, you are much better as a team than any single player would be on his own doing all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually... um, and then part of I uh, I used to do uh, like video game programs at the library that I worked at in high school, and I eventually did a couple tournaments where it'd be uh, basically like it, I they were called quadrathlons, where there would be four different games, and then people performed in each one, et cetera, et cetera. But Double Dash was used for a cooperative one where it was two people, and that was some of the most intense like competitive video gaming I've ever seen, because you have be, uh, you have uh, two people needs- working together. Against two other people, and it just worked beautifully. It needs to be an Omegathon game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. It'd be really I, fun to watch. You know, I, I do like the idea behind Double Dash. I think it's a really solid concept. I, I just found it a little wonky when I played it. It just didn't. I, I felt like there wasn't enough to do as the person not driving. So I, I have notes uh, to uh, to champion Double Dash. Should I save those for later, Neil? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we'll come do that back to our, our right. war of our favorites. Yeah, sure. So, okay. Carl, Mario yeah. Kart DS. Yeah, you can go it, off on that one. It's the best kart racer of all time. <laughs> um, it's got it's got the best original tracks. It's got all those great retro tracks in there. Uh, the online is pretty decent if you can find people who don't snake, which is actually easier. And it's a way overblown problem, to be honest with you. Um, 
And not yeah. if you play random. Um, yeah. If you play random after the first two months, it's really bad. Yeah, if you play with that's friends, what happened to yeah. me. Yeah, to to this day, it's probably the the DS game that I've put the most hours into. Um, When I bought my DS, it was that Mario Kart DS bundle. I got the red the red DS that came with it, and uh, yeah, I I freaking love that game. It's I have so much I had so much fun playing it. Um, I remember bringing it bringing it to school all the time, and then like doing single kart multiplayer, which again you could do, and now made so much more sense because you do it you could do it all wirelessly. I mean, yeah. I did it during classes. Oh, yeah, so did I. In high school. <laughs> I remember playing it in math and then and later in different classes. Yeah, it was it was a great, great multiplayer game that had, look, it had as good online as Nintendo could have put out at that time. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I'll agree to that. It just snaking killed it for me. Now, the, it was their first online game. Yeah, sure. First. The now, first. I will con- I will admit that it has a pretty lackluster battle mode, but I've never yeah. really been that into battle modes in any Mario Kart games, regardless. The one thing so the one thing I need to give credit to Mario Kart DS is that mission mode. Um, mm. I thought that was really cool. Right. And then in Mario Kart Wii, it was absent, but then it kind of came back in those. You know, I think it lasted for two or three years, where they had these these missions you could download and complete. Sure. Um, and I, I hope they do something like that with Mario Kart 7 because that was something that was very cool um, with Mario Kart DS mm-hmm. and Wii. Yeah. Um, but for me, Mario Kart DS, really, it existed as just, you know, that, that DS game that everyone I knew had. Exactly. So that way, whenever I'd meet up with random people, or I mean, not like I'm meeting up with random people, but like people <laughs> that I was like, oh, you have a DS? Oh, you probably have Mario Kart. We should we should play multiplayer. It'd be fun. And that's just kind of like how I do. I did that in college in the first couple of years. I did that at the end of high school. It just, and I had a lot of fun with that. It but it just like, it, it rang hollow for me. It was the kind of thing where the only reason I played that was because I couldn't play Double Dash with those people. We couldn't <laughs> play Mario <laughs> yeah. Kart DS. Now, I, let me, let I me always say. felt like it was, that the game was sort really formulaic. It was the start of Mario Kart feeling like, a, f- a flag-bearing franchise for Nintendo that where they had to release one on, on every platform, and it had all these boxes that it had to check. And yep. as long as it checks those boxes, it doesn't need to do anything beyond that. They, you know, they might do a little flourish here and there, but it's ultimately not really any different. And this debate about Mario Kart being a, a sort of a stagnant franchise goes back a long way. If you read my Double Dash review, even back in 2003, yeah. this was a hot topic of people saying you don't need to buy it because it's basically just the same Mario Kart. And that's coming <laughs> and from Super Circuit. And there was only really Circuit. one before I mean, that. Is Double Dash really that much like Super Circuit? I, I don't think it is. But, no. you know, I mean, people were already saying that the cart, the whole kart racing thing is kind of dead and it's not interesting anymore and they haven't really done anything new with it. And that's Double Dash is probably the most innovative of the entire series because of the cooperative stuff. So, yeah. I mean, that just tells you this is none of the current stuff you hear about 7 is new. Uh, it's just I, DS. Well, you for heard me the was same the things point. about about Wii too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did, and and it's it's like a it's a really by the numbers game DS, and it has to me very little personality, and I and I I never really felt attached to it. See, you when, know, when I you... played it a lot, and and it is mm-hmm. certainly a game that almost everyone you met with a DS had. Sure, but. I don't know. I never understood why people became so enthusiastic about it. It was totally um, uninspired to me. If see, would you call un would you call being uninspired and perhaps lacking character um, 
I just saw it as being really, really polished. It takes that, it takes what Mario Kart is, and it boils it down and it gets it really, really simple to the fact that literally the controls in that game are the best in the series. And for me, a, a, what a racing on, game comes down on to on the D pad. No, sorry. Yeah, oh, dude. that was another thing. I, <laughs> I didn't like playing it with the D pad. So. Yeah, I prefer. I prefer actually playing Mario Kart with the D pad. I think it's that's think hard it's for me to get over. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I'll take a D pad over an analog stick any day of the week for for Mario Kart. I think if you compared Mario Kart 64 to Mario Kart DS, it shits all the hell over it in controls. But that's. I mean, that's just me. That that's 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 how I prefer to play. Um, Guys, you so yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I mean, my thing is that like I, I look at the the Mario Kart games, and there's that kind of you know, I guess new thing in each game. Whereas mm-hmm. in Double Dash, you know, it's it's the co-op. Sure. In Super Circuit, it's portability. In right. Mario Kart 64, it was four player. I, outside of online, what did Mario Kart DS add? And to me, online because of snaking, it wasn't as big of a deal. Right. Um. Now, wasn't Mario Kart DS the first Mario Kart game to add retro tracks? Yes. So, okay. I it thought did. that was the most interesting thing about it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had it had the remix tracks, which was great. Yeah. Oh, it's um, not lacking for content. That's for damn sure. It's yeah. a huge game. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's... so you know, so there's Mario Kart DS. I'll look. I'll stand up on a mountain and shout any day of the week that that's the I, the, I think it's the best Mario Kart game. Well, you're not Where's... the only one, but yeah. Yeah, I I never understood. I think the... I might be the only one with thinking that Mario Kart Wii's the best though. I actually, a very, know, very small minority. I really, I, I love the crap out of that game. Yeah. I, I got it when it came out. I played it a lot. I played it with friends. I played it online. Um, I really like what they did to uh, the, the, the turbo. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really liked putting the, you know, the joystick back and forth. And I liked how you could lean into turns that way. Mm-hmm. I liked how they had the motorcycles and the carts because that kind of added a different kind of strategy to it. Where I know people, I always used a motorcycle. I knew people that always used carts. Um, the tricks were, I mean, kind of throwaway, but just another way, like, you could use that to improve your time. I got really into the time trials in that game. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And I think my love for that game really proves that whole point of the Mario Kart game that you put the most time into is the one that sticks with you the most, because that's the one that I, I put a ton of time into. Sure. No, I, I like Mario Kart Wii a lot. I think it's a really, really solid game in the series. Um, I actually really like the motorcycles. I wish those had come back, um, you know. But yeah, I thought I, they were kind of a half-realized idea. I mean, in theory, I like the idea of adding more kinds of vehicles. I mean, mm-hmm. going back to, like, Diddy Kong Racing, you know. Sure. But yeah. I, I didn't really feel like they were different enough or useful enough. I never, To me, they were never really competitive with carts, and I didn't really feel like they they handled differently <laughs> We did enough. not play Mario Kart enough, Johnny, because <laughs> I can show you that motorcycles are competitive with carts. Okay, yeah, and you'll have if a you do the If you do the wheelie game. with them and you get that boost when you're going down a straightaway, kind of makes up for the fact that you only have the uh, the one like the one boost turbo as opposed to the, the two burst. Right. Two it it depends turbo. on the track. If there's more straightaways, yeah. you can probably uh, be more competitive with the bikes. But, you know, I mean, it's interesting. And, and I would say Mario Kart Wii is probably my second favorite in the series. I think it is very solid. To me, it regained the the brightness, the colorfulness, the a little bit of the personality that the DS game was lacking. Yeah. And... And I thought the online play was so much better, you know, like actually kind of functional and useful and and, <laughs> and worthwhile. Um, where in the DS it was clearly just this really bare. Except for there were a disturbing amount of me's that had dicks for heads. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of yeah. weird. 
But I, I think Mario Kart Wii is is just as, if not more, well rounded than uh, than DS. And to me, it's it's more immediately fun, and uh, it's just has more personality. It's more it left a more lasting impression on me. It's a really good game. Um, oh, I want I want to know that. And before we go to, I guess, more, or I guess Johnny laying out his double dash points, uh, <laughs> I assume, but did both of you guys get Mario Kart 7? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's sitting here right here on my table. Yeah, um, I, I did the review the other week, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but to me, kind of, I guess, maybe some of the reasons why DS didn't sit as well with me, that's kind of what happened with Mario Kart 7, mm-hmm. is that I like it a lot more than DS, but it still kind of feels that, like, it's just going through the motions. It's just like, hey, yeah. we got 16 new tracks, 16 retro ones, uh, you know, you can glide now. That's Actually, cool. Yeah. In, the, yeah. in the three yeah. levels that it actually is worthwhile. It, it, well, like, I the love the gliding. The glider is a great idea, and I it's do used like really well, but yeah. it's barely but it's barely used. used. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, for That's me, the, 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 the underwater part, shit is t- is not good. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like not, I, I actually that, I found but, it funny that on the the Rainbow Road track you have a, a section where you're like you're on the moon. It's and great. There's floaty gravity. Love it. But yeah. that's like the same as how you control when you're underwater. Well, <laughs> it's a little different. It's a it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, for me, all levels should be on the moon. I mean, yeah, I think that, that, that was. I, think, I really, I really <laughs> the Rainbow Road in that. I love how they have the. Uh, like instead of three laps, they just have like three, three sections. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I, I, I like I th- that. I like the straight ahead uh, levels. I, I think, yeah, I think those yeah. are the best levels in the game by far. Are the ones that have sections. Yeah, in like that. Um, that second, that second Woohoo Island one is awesome. Yeah, it's really. Although really apparently good. there's some online exploit that people keep on using. I don't know exactly what it was, <laughs> but I've heard people complain. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I, I like Mario Kart Seven. You know, a bit. It's it's a it's a nice game. It's a bit sterile. Um, yeah, so I, I can see why people are complaining about that. Um, but I, I, I like it. You know, it, the online is still not quite there. I think the online's really good. I, I mean, I've had a lot of great moments. Like there was, I think maybe the the Tuesday after it came out, I hopped online and I was playing with like you know Mike Sklens, Aaron, mm-hmm. and a couple other people, and it was just kind of like. I didn't really have to do anything to join a game. Like I joined a game with a uh, someone on the forums, mm-hmm. and then. You know, Sklenge joined my game, and then Aaron joined my game, and before I know it, like right before the next race, I'm like, "Oh, look! All my friends joined me in this game." Right. And I even had the a blue shell moment. Be. Yes, I even had a yeah. blue shell moment where I got hit by a blue shell right before I finished, and then Aaron went right past me. Nice. And then I just got I, I had a I had Gmail open, and I just got a message in the chat being "Ha ha!" <laughs> so That's great. damn you, Aaron. Yeah, I, I think it's it is sorely lacking in communication features. Yeah, still, I know we is... we had the community night, which. I I unfortunately could not attend. It was fun. But what I heard from people is that it was really fun. It's just you, had, you couldn't communicate with people at all. So I think next time we do it, we'll probably have an IRC chat open or something, which seems counterintuitive in this kind, <laughs> this day and age. Welcome we to online to Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like Mario Kart 7. I think, I think it's perhaps not worth $40, but it's a good Mario Kart game. Most definitely. You know, that's that. For for me, what would have made it better is if, because it seemed like when they when they showed it off, they were like, and we've added all these extra add-ons for the carts. Like we're gonna give you, we're gonna put you underwater and give you little water jets. We're gonna put you in the air. We're gonna give you paragliders. It seemed like the new races were gonna be all that stuff. Like I'm gonna get into a thing where I get off and I'm on a freaking parasail for the rest of the level. Mm-hmm. And if they had done yeah, that, I, that, I would have been happy. That's a great point, Carl, because the thing is, when half the game's content is retro tracks, mm-hmm. you can really afford to be pretty radical with the new stuff, right? Right, right. 
and they didn't really do that. It, I mean, that's one of the problems with Mario Kart is it is going back for a long time. It's been a very conservative franchise, mm-hmm. and it really does, I think, very little to surprise you. And I think that's too bad. You know, maybe because it's come, it's become such a cash cow for Nintendo that they don't want to mess with it too much. But uh, it is a really fun series at heart, and you know, you have to remember going back to the very first one. It was it was a pretty bizarre thing when it first came out. No one had ever played a game quite like that before, and I think they've really lost that sense of of you know being originators. Somewhat, yeah, somewhat sure. experimental with it too. Yeah. Like, how much fun so would it Johnny, be? How much fun would it be if you got off, like you were at the beginning of the level, you basically jumped off like a, an, you know, an elevated platform, and then you had to glide for the rest of the level. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Be I great. Mean, and 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 that's a great segue to my uh, love of Double Dash because there's a level in Double Dash that is a bit like that called DK Mountain, oh, where yeah. you launch out of a cannon at the top of the level and then race all the way. Uh, or excuse me, you launch to the top of the mountain and then race all the way down it uh, mm-hmm. to get back to the cannon. And it's awesome. It's not like anything you've ever done in a Mario Kart level, and it's really, really fun to do. It's a very dynamic level where all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So, um, you know, it, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. like when they when they go really crazy with the levels and they have you do things you haven't done before. Because that's what helps them stand out. And uh, yeah. one of my one of the few memorable levels for me on DS comes back in Mario Kart Seven, and that's the Waluigi Pinball level. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's really which good. was just such a crazy level, mm-hmm. and you know I I really enjoyed that level, and I love seeing those kind of zany levels show up in the game. That's right. I mean, Wario Stadium is a classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in that level. There's a lot going on, you know. Yep, yep. So, um, so uh, quickly, my defense of Mario Kart Double Dash, <laughs> which is certainly not a popular choice for someone's favorite uh, Mario Kart game, but we already discussed the Cooperative Grand Prix. I think because of the cooperative element, it is really the only Mario Kart game where Grand Prix is really fun and is one of the best parts of the game. It's usually a totally forgettable, often yeah. really kind of just infuriating mode in the game. <laughs> and in Double Dash, you can spend lots of time in it. And because you're doing it cooperatively, it's really, really fun. And I, I think it's a shame that that feature hasn't at least been optional since then. Mm. Um, it has the best soundtrack of the entire series. With a whistling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will never forget that music. And I, and I think... The Mario Kart as a series has so much forgettable music, and Double Dash is the one game in the franchise where the soundtrack really has its own thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it really has its own signature sound to it. So um, I, I, I love that part of it. Uh, I already mentioned DK Mountain, which is one of my favorite tracks ever, and my other favorite track ever is called Baby Park. Yes. <laughs> When I first uh, played Double Dash, I thought, what is this? It's just this little oval, and it's really short, and you go around it like eight times. Right. I'm like, what were they thinking? And then you start to play it like at 100cc and 150cc, and mm. it be- becomes total chaos, and it's so much fun. <laughs> and it really just kind of condenses everything that's great and awesome about Mario Kart into this tiny little package. Mm. And in order to win that race, you not only have to be lucky, which you always have to be, but you also have to be really technically proficient, not only with your driving skills, but also your combat skills. Yeah. Because the pack is always right there. It's it's amazing stuff. It's it's a, a you know, probably the simplest Mario Kart track, but also 
um, surprisingly the most complex to actually yeah. succeed on. Now, unless I'm mistaken, I believe Baby Park was in DS, wasn't it? Wasn't it one of the retro I think tracks? it was, yeah. but it wasn't. I don't think it was as good in DS. I think it because feel, the, well, the, I mean, the, the items, items totally wouldn't stay there. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, so, uh, so speaking of items, another thing I love about Double Dash, the characters have their own specific special items that only. I always like the big angry banana. Yeah, <laughs> that's the banana that's pissed off at the world. Yeah, it's just it, gonna sit there being like, "What?" It, it's a feature that is not used as well as it could have been, because I think there are only six special items for twelve characters. They kind of share. Uh, certain teams of characters share the same special item, and I think it could have gone farther with it, but it's still a feature I really miss. They haven't really used it in, in the following games, and I think, you know, that was a game where it really mattered which character you picked, and the game sure. was a different experience when you played it with a different character, and that's, you know, in Mario Kart 7, the character is completely arbitrary. It's too yeah. bad. It, it was an element of strategy yeah, that the game I mean, needed, and it's it's no longer included. I think that actually in Mario Kart Seven, technically, like one of the, I guess there's the three different sizes of characters, and they slightly alter your stats a little bit. But really, <laughs> I, when I when I played that game, I would just go between character and character, and I wound up on Metal Mario because it sounds like he's underwater. Yeah. <laughs> um. There, there was the land play, which is kind of broken and, and, you know, very, very rarely used. But it was a, an important feature for Nintendo to at least attempt to put in there. Mm -hmm. And I think it very directly led to the online play in Mario Kart DS a little bit later. So sure, uh, yeah. I think it was important for them to include. Um, and then uh, you, the fact that you can hold two items and sideswipe. Um, yeah. Particularly if you're playing co-op, the person in, in, who's in the back who's handling the combat stuff, uh, they have an attack that you can use even if you don't have an item in hand. And it's very effective. It's kind of, it's almost like pulling an, ele an element from F-Zero, uh, mm -hmm. F-Zero X. Yeah. And it makes the races a lot more dynamic because you can, you actually have something to do in between item boxes. And you and there's a certain risk. You have to get up close to the other person. If you're close enough to swipe them, then they're close enough to swipe you. So you really have to think, is this a good time to do it? Again, it just adds a, an element, a layer of strategy and problem solving to the racing that you don't get in the other games in the series. And I, I think it makes it a lot more fun and engaging. Hmm. So there it is. Double Dash is the best <laughs> game. If yep. you haven't spent enough time with it, Carl, and it sounds like you have not spent nearly enough time with it, <laughs> you, you should go back and check it out. Play through some Grand Prix co-op, and you will believe. Conclusion, everyone should play more Double Dash. Yeah. And I, that's I, I, our I will Mario you, Kart I, debate. I will, tell you, I will tell you what, Mr. <laughs> Jonathan Metz. Uh, next, at next year at PAX East, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll we go play and some Double Dash we'll play packs. some Double Dash. Fuck yes. All right, I'm in. On. I'll do that. Handshake. Internet handshake. Internet right now. handshake yes. deal. Yes, we're playing Double Dash. Can't back out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all, all right, right. I'll, I'll do that. Look, here's, I mean, I sort of already stated my case for DS, but for me, it's just the most polished game in the series. It's got a ton of great tracks to offer. It's got really tight controls, and uh, the online ain't half bad if you can avoid the sneakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, the online's actually good. Uh, motion controls, eh, but I, I did like, I always used Wii Remote and Nunchuck, and I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. um, the motorcycle and carts adds a different dynamic, and mm -hmm. it's, just, it's really polished. Sure, um, yeah. I like it. There's a lot of characters, lots of carts. There's the Blue Falcon cart. I always like that one. Mm. <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, I really liked that game. And 
but uh, Double Dash is the best. I'm sorry, I, got, I have to admit it. <laughs> well, you've yes. certainly Welcome gotten to the me dark side. You, you've certainly gotten me interested in playing more. I'll say that. Good. I'll say that much yeah. at least. But uh, I think we can all agree that the series could use with a little fresh blood. You know, maybe yeah. they, they need to add some some new ideas in there. And it seems like they have the kernels of those ideas. They've but just, they don't go far enough in that direction to play right, too safe. Right. They usually yeah. don't follow through. Now in Mario Kart Eight, I think if they if they would give you the option of doing the double dash technique with online so that you can have two people in a cart playing online. Ooh. That would be I think they should call it Mario Kart Ocho, Ocho. and do it like a three amigos <laughs> kind of style, you know? <laughs> Um, and we that would bring be... in the Herbie the Love Bug and Lindsay Lohan. And <laughs> get some marketing so... dollars up in that. <laughs> so yeah, so so put Double Dash, give it online mode. Um, give us different vehicle types that actually and tracks that use them yeah. properly. You know. Yeah, but see, you had different vehicles in uh in Wii. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, at least I thought they were more effective than the ones with the, with the parts and crap. Sure. And, and yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see your point there, but I'm I'm talking about like like one of my favorite my favorite level probably in Pilot Wings Resort is the squirrel jump. Um, where you're in the, the squirrel yeah. suit and you have to jump and then you have to sort of like jump off the platform and then glide the way down. I want that so badly in Mario Kart. That Actually, like... what I want so badly is for Monster Games to make the next Mario Kart. Yeah, I love <laughs> Monster Games. I think they games. can do it. There's, there's so much good stuff in Excite Truck and Excite Bots that Man. could easily be transferred to Mario uh, Kart. Would, would make that series so much I, better. I think we gotta, we, we, we gotta wrap this up on the Excite Truck note because yeah. you know, best, <laughs> best relatively new IP Nintendo has made like ever. Gross. Fair enough. Hey, this was my first time on Connectivity, so I want to thank you guys for having me. I had, had a good time, and I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Excite Truck is terrible, but thanks for having me. Oh, oh shut up, Carl. <laughs> this, this segment is over. This Carl, segment is you, over. Why are you even on this show, Carl? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, so glad slap. You, I'm so glad you were you were sick or you missed the other Excite Truck yeah, show because you would have ruined it. The best it. thing about Excite Carl, Truck. Carl, Scott, and I had an awesome time. The, the, uh, the best thing about Excite Truck is Johnny Metz's nickname for it, Fuck Truck. It's a pretty good nickname. That is yeah. one of the best things about it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I have no effects for Excite Truck. But anyway, I was—I did appreciate coming on. I did—I did, I did uh, enjoy talking Mario Kart with you guys. And yeah. uh, now I want to play Double Dash. Hmm. I know. Now I do too. I mean, except for I didn't hate it like you. Yeah. Well, I hey, let's, like let's the world. bust out Warp Pipe and play it online. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I've still got All my right. broadband adapter. Pax East. We'll follow this up in some sort of podcast. With Double Dash. Yeah. Dr- <laughs> Double Drunk Cast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Double drunk dash. <laughs> Double drunk dash. I love it. Well, to make sure Lindemann has it, we can just do it in, in his apartment. Exactly. Triple D's. Triple D's. All right. All right, nice. All right. Thank you guys for coming on.
So the GBA Ambassador games came out recently, and uh, we all have them, as we were all the cool kids who bought the 3DS. So we tell ourselves. You know, before, like, we, we bought it around launch, because we're cool like that. And these cool kids with me are uh, Mike Sklens hello. and Scott Thompson. Hello, hello. Yeah. We say so, we're cool, uh, but, I mean, are we really? We're the dorks who bought it for two fifty. We're really cool if by... If 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 someone who likes self justifications is really cool, then we're really yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, but I, I figured we'll just go. Uh, I actually had a uh, a list that I called together of all the rev- old reviews, and uh, they're organized in release date fashion on a feature on the site called Know Your Game Boy Advance Ambassador Games, aptly titled. Um, and I'm just gonna go through that. So let's start off with uh, the game Mike was just playing before we started recording, F Zero Maximum Velocity which was a launch title for the system back in 2001. I may or may not still be playing it right now while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I have two laps left. I feel like, I did notice, like, aren't there like five laps a race? Yeah, it's like a bit? marathon, it's, it's, man. Uh, like, I actually got through three laps of the first race that I did and was just like, stopped playing. It was like, wait, it's not done yet? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> You've broken the formula. Yeah. It's but... not, it hasn't always been five in F-Zero, has it? No. Is it normally three? I think it is normal. At least in X, I think it was three. Yeah. yeah. And in and in GX, I do not remember the Super Nintendo one that well. Which this is heavily based off of. Um, yeah. This. I mean, this basically is the Super Nintendo one. Except for Captain Falcon's not in it because it takes yeah. place like thirty years later or something. Weird. All the all the car names are even stupider than the than the original. Yes. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm using the Windwalker right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do, um, in that game, is there the battle mode like there was in the N64 one, I think? Like, that death was always race? my favorite. Yeah, yeah. No, death, I think Death Race has only ever been in the N64 one. Ah, yeah, the, the N64 F-Zero game is the best in the series. Yeah, that was my favorite mode, was just going through that and just, yeah, being the, yeah. the final survivor. Good, yeah, good music, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maximum Velocity, I don't know if it's a game that I'll really play all too much, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I like I F-Zero. I like the series a lot. It's just that after F-Zero X, and even GX, I love I, I love that too. But, I mean, like, the original Super Nintendo ones are kind of... Or, I guess the original Super Nintendo one and the GBA follow-ups are are cool, but, like, the series has moved on. They don't hold up. Like, Mario Kart kind of holds up, but not even, yeah, I mean, I'm I, sure, as we'll talk about in a bit. It doesn't totally hold up, but it holds up in 2D a lot better than F-Zero does. I was going to ask yeah, how, yeah, how it looks, because doesn't it do that sort of Mode 7? Yeah, it's exactly like yeah. Mode 7. Yeah, and I just, mean, I don't Su- know. Super Circuit kind of does the same thing, which is another of the games. It came out uh, a couple months, well, actually only two months, after the system launched in 2001. And it was actually developed by Intelligent Systems. So uh, that's kind of neat. That's actually the first time someone other than Nintendo Internal... Uh, worked on a Mario Kart game. Retro Studios was not the first group to do that. But, I mean, Super Circuit, I'm kind of neither here nor there. I was never really a huge fan of it when it first came out. I played this again also, and I forgot this game, the turning, is, like, super loose compared to every other Mario Kart game. Yeah. It's weird. It just doesn't feel quite like Mario Kart. It definitely does feel a little off, at least compared to other games in the series. I mean, as it's evolved, at least. Yeah, the other ones all feel kind of same. Like, the turning's pretty tight in all of the games, but it's really loose in this one. Freaks me yeah. out. Um, kind of, I guess, sort of, kind of related, but when I first played um, 
Mario Kart 7, I instinctively wanted to use the D-pad, and I was very upset when I couldn't because I don't like the, the circle pad. Really? Yeah, I know I'm weird, but it just, like, I don't know, it always hurts my hands, so I'm kind of excited to we actually, play some Super on, Circuit with the D-pad. On the Mario Kart segment that you may or may not be hearing in this episode. It should be in this episode. <laughs> it should be. Um, but I, th- I think uh, Carl made the comment that he actually prefers playing uh, Mario Kart games with the D-pad. Yeah. Because that's why I like DS so much, or at least part of the reason. Yeah, yeah, same here. I don't know. I feel like the circle pad is, like, almost feels like it was designed for this game. Like, it's so... Yeah. The control is so perfect with it. Yeah. Although I beat the shit out of my R button on Mario Kart 7, apparently. Because I'm probably going to have to get my system fixed. Ouch. I've been... it's the kind of thing where, uh, I know that this was a problem with the DSi as well, and maybe the DS Lite, but I never had one, so I don't know. But where, like, the shoulder buttons will kind of, like, crap out, where, like, you'll press them. I think it's, like, the spring system mm. kind of goes away. But I did find out a fix where if you blow on it, or, like, get, like, some kind of, like, the... Classic Nintendo. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> classic it. Nintendo. It's, it's also classic Nintendo in that you'll have people being like, you shouldn't do that, because you'll ruin everything. It's like, I don't care. I'm under warranty. If I just blow into it, it's going to work for a little bit longer. <laughs> and then eventually when I can, like when I get the repair, because I file the repair order, I don't know when I'm going to send it. I'm probably going to pick a time where it's like, all right, I'm busy for the next week. I'm not going to be able to play the system anyway. <laughs> I'm probably going to do it around. Well, I also want to wait until after Christmas because I feel like sending it out now, like the you know, post office the mail, is going to be slammed. I'll wait until closer to the new year probably. That's probably a good idea. But yeah, and right. actually, I mean, speaking it of... still kind of works, and also, I mean, it's not like every game uses the R button, but I'm right. probably not going to play any Mario Kart 7 in get, two weeks. I um, get this, like, death grip feeling in, like, my in my ring finger on my right hand, because I'm pressing down so hard on the system, and it's, like, supporting the system in yeah. my hand, so I've, like, cramped up my hand horribly playing <laughs> Mario Kart over the past couple <laughs> weeks. I guess, I guess that's a good thing, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a really good game, um, and I guess, speaking of Super Circuit, Later in this episode, too, or maybe it might be next week, we'll see. Um, there should be a segment about Super Circuit specifically, um, featuring Nicholas Bray, who apparently is like a super fan for this game, so he really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, he did, uh, he did an Extra Life article, I believe, on Super Circuit okay. a couple months ago. Wow, that's So surprising. you can read that and hear that. He's a big fan. That's, yeah, that's so surprising. He, I would think most people would probably, if you had to rank the Mario Kart games, most of them would put this at the bottom. Right, but he, he says it's like the best single player Mario Kart experience, so. Um, you know, he'll be yeah, on yeah, I can, later well, in this episode. See that. Or, yeah, or next I'll week. Play, to I'll have to play more of this game. game. <laughs> um, so the next game on the Ambassador list is Wario Land 4, or Wario Land Advanced, or Advance, as it was called in Japan. And that came out in November 2001, so the, the system's first holiday, and also, like, the same friggin' day as the GameCube came out. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, which weird. is kind of weird to think about. That's why, like, I, I, this, it's, it's why I'm mentioning the release dates for all these games because it gives good context for, like, how long ago it's been. But I never, I've actually never really played a Wario Land game outside Me of the Virtual Boy one. <laughs> yeah, same here. I never even played Shake It on the Wii. So. Oh no! Well, I guess okay. I have played Shake It, but I haven't played like you know the, the classic portable ones. I played the Virtual Boy Wario Land completion. But I've never actually played any of the Game Boy or Game Boy Advance games. Right. I only played this for a couple of minutes, but I was actually kind of impressed by it. I like it a lot. I think it's one I'll yeah. probably yeah. start the whole way through. I, I feel the same way. I've never played it. I think it was a late. It came out late in the Game Boy Advance's life, I think. Well, um, it came out early. 
I was going to say, yeah, these are in chronological order. First holiday. Oh, wow. I feel like it's much older than that. Uh, anyways, I really like it. I mean, it's it's funny, and I like the like, kind of mechanic of like how you can kind of like meander through the level, and then when you get to the end, it's like a Metroid escape. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> kind of what uh, Warrior Land Shake it to the same kind of thing, which I didn't know that's where it came from. I mean, it could have even come from an older one, but I'm really enjoying this game, and I think I got stuck somewhere is why I stopped playing it, but it's good. I'll go back to it. I like Wario. He's funny. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and I've got a lot of good voice samples and stuff in it, too. Yeah. I like um, going back to these GBA games, too. I mean, I guess probably with the exception of Metroid, but it's funny. They are very, like, old-school designed, where Wario, Wario, when you start it, it just kind of, like, pops you right in, you know? There's no real exposition yeah. or, like, even, like, a training level, really, you know? It's just kind of like, bam, like, level select, there you go. Um, it's just kind of interesting. Don't think yeah. I just don't feel like you'd see that now. It could be a cutscene to intro it and lay out some sort of silly story. And, yeah, yeah. You know, a bunch of different little things. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do like how that how that kind of starts up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I I want to play more of that one eventually. But I've been you know occupied by the other games. But yeah. there is one game because of uh, my R button problems that I played a little bit of, and just kind of shelved it for a later date. And that's Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance Three, or I guess as you could call it, Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance Three, <laughs> or some combination of that. <laughs> And that came out, um, as, as far as dating it, it would have been uh, the second year of the system in September. So, like, the dawn of the second holiday of the Game Boy Advance. Which is, I mean, it's kind of crazy to, to think that there were three Super Mario Advance games basically within, a, like, a year and Yeah, change. that's kind of nuts. Was it I only? Think there were four it was more than three, wasn't it? Well, there were four, but this was the third one, and it came out um, a year and four months after the system debuted. Right. That's true. I mean, like I think I don't know when Super Mario Advance Two came out, but it probably was either you know holiday two thousand one or early two thousand two. Yeah. No, but, you're probably. Right. I mean, I, did you guys I love like Yoshi's those? Island. I mean, I, I I like this one all right, but I I find it better on the Super Nintendo. But did you guys play any of those a lot back on the GBA? I didn't no, play any of them on the GBA because I owned them on Super Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I played them all on Super Nintendo. Game? I didn't see the point. Yeah, I played like ten minutes of this. I got through like the first level, and it's just, I don't know. It feels off. It does. It doesn't. Sound I think it's because it's. I think it's because it's being stretched on the screen, and it just doesn't look as pretty. And uh, you can boot it up, like you can boot it up in native resolution by holding select. But then it's so damn tiny on the screen. It's like yeah. I can't even really play it. That's what I was gonna ask you guys if you play in native resolution or if you. Uh, I tried it. You, you played stretched. Yeah. I've realized it doesn't bother me as much. Like, yeah, it doesn't I'm, really bother me. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, it looks like garbage. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look as good, but it doesn't look that bad. Yeah. But I think that's just me with lenient eyes. Yeah, I think the same here. I don't mind it stretched. It's fine with me. But, I mean, I love Yoshi's Island. I'll definitely play this over time, but I'm not in a rush because I played this game before. I was always so disappointed um, with this. I don't know if I bought it. I think just a friend let me borrow it back in the day, but... The um the fuzzies, you know, that make your screen all disoriented and crazy. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work on the GBA. Like, no. it doesn't work at all. Oh, really? I haven't gotten there. If that's oh, the case, I'm not it. even going to play it. That's the best yeah. level. You should get to that and see, like, <laughs> how they did it. Because it just it is not the same effect whatsoever. Doesn't do that parallax scrolling effect. Where, like, right. The, the front panel is, like, waving in and out, and the other one's waving left and right. Exactly. Yeah, it's no, crazy. not at all. I love that. I, I, I know I definitely had uh, the... The, the time at college when I brought my Super Nintendo, there was a lot of heavy drinking and just touching fuzzy and getting dizzy. 
It sounds time. like doing a. I mean, it sounds like doing a drug <laughs> or like doing something oddly sexual. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was touching fuzzy and I got so dizzy. But uh, the next game on the list, which came out um, in the, the system's second holiday in November, on the same day as Metroid Prime, I believe, and that's Metroid Fusion. Or Metroid 4, I think. But. I, I, I think so. Because it is, it is the fourth one chronologically, I think. At least at the time it came out. Because I guess Other M is before it, and so are all the Prime games. I really like the Prussian. Yeah, um, this is my first time playing through it. I actually, I got it really cheap on Game Boy Advance like two or three years ago. Um, but the save battery was dead in it, oh. and I never felt like replacing it. And so that's why, I mean, because I, I got Zero Mission at the same time, and Zero Mission save battery worked to play the shit out of that game. Yeah. Um, so I was really happy when I heard this was announced, because I was like, okay, so I'll actually get to play it. And right now I'm like halfway through it, and... I mean, I, I I prefer Super Metroid and Zero Mission by far, but it's still, you know, it's still fun. It's I, still a very good game. What I like about Zero Mission, or not Zero Mission, what I like about Fusion is that it's pretty short. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I was like, must have been incredibly bored one day, and I played through this game. Um, I'd been playing through it like on a Friday and then on a Saturday, and I beat it in like two days. But I beat it like mid-Saturday, and then later that day it was just like, uh, maybe I'll try playing it again. And then I beat it in, in a 24-hour window, like from midday Saturday until midday Sunday. I played it a second time and beat it again. <laughs> That's amazing. It's the only time I've I ever do... done anything like that. And I was sort of going for a little bit of a speed run, but I knew I'm not good enough for that. But I was, you know, I don't do anything like that ever with games, and it was really weird. I guess I really like this game. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that I always like about the like the Metroid games, like this and Zero Mission, is that it does suck that they're kind of short, but it's almost like like you're just like playing through a, a fun movie. It's compact, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not lacking at all. It's just compact. Yeah. Though this one is probably one of the reasons it's short is because it's, um, it's way more linear than most of the other Metroid yeah. games. Uh, I guess it, Other M's pretty about as linear actually. But Other M's also a lot longer too. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know it's got a. I like the uh, I like the fact that it's a little more linear. It gives you some room to explore, but it keeps you focused enough, like so you don't really get lost. Like, yeah. like you're doing Super Metroid. Like, I get fucking lost on that planet. Like, I can't do it sometimes. And I'll be like, what, what fucking column am I in right now? Am I supposed to be anywhere near here? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, I like that. And actually, I think that's what I like about Metroid 2, which unfortunately Zach and I still have yet to record a segment on. But uh, Metroid 2 feels a lot like Fusion in that regard, where it's like you can only get so far, and then you got to kill all the Metroids if you want to lower the lava. Yeah. It's like the same idea. It kind of keeps it. It keeps it. I need to play more Metroid too. Maybe by the time you guys record that segment, I will have played more Metroid <laughs> too. Yeah, I've you know since I suggested that segment, I have not played it like almost <laughs> in like three weeks. So I'm yeah. just where I was about halfway through it. Well, what I did is I down because I think it came out on Thanksgiving. I downloaded it on Thanksgiving, and yeah. I had I was reviewing Mario Kart at the time. So I basically like downloaded it, played it for 15, 20 minutes, and was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna play more Mario Kart. There's uh, been just a deluge of games on 3DS. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And not even without the Ambassador games, just between Mario and Mario Kart, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so the next game on the list was actually reviewed by Mike Sklens back when it came out in 2003, and that's WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games, oh, the first so game good. in that awesome, awesome series. This one is really good. 
really, really this good. This is this is the uh, the ambassador game that I put the most time into at this point. I mean, it's only like three, four hours. I I, I beat it. It's not that long of a game, but it's just it's so fun and it's so zany. I just I've played. This is actually the only WarioWare game I've never played, and I enjoyed the crap out of it. I it's, mean, it still it's holds up. Good. It's still it's simple. It's good. It's so pure too, because it's you know it's the first one, so it's like they didn't stripes like they just had they could do anything they wanted, and they did. Yeah, and know? I feel like there's more of a coherent story in this one. All the other ones I can never follow it, whereas this one, you know, I yeah, it's this one they actually make attempted a narrative in the beginning of this game. Yeah, I do like the one with I think Doctor Crygor, where it's like he really has to go to the bathroom, and then he goes into the bathroom, and then that's when it starts. Yeah, and then like at the end of it, like the bathroom overflows and he gets like shot through the air and picked up by a bird or something. <laughs> oh god, that sounds insane. It sounds like WarioWare. But yeah, I yeah. love WarioWare. It's like I mean, I gave it a nine and a half. I reread my review this week, and I, I really love it. It's like I don't know. I still feel like I stand by the review. Like totally, I still think it's like a really perfect perfect portable game where it's just like I have two and a half minutes to kill what can I do <laughs> like you can't do that in any other game yeah. like, I have two and a half minutes like that I, that I can't finish an F-Zero race in two and a half minutes so I can't do that <laughs> yeah because like, they give you five fucking laps yeah reason. so I, but WarioWare is like well the game takes four seconds yeah you know it's like a good run will still only be five minutes long yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's perfect like that and Plus, I mean, you could remove all of the games that aren't 9 volts, and if you just had 9 volts games, I would still pay full price for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just I love doing the, the little games. snippets of the that Nintendo is, games is so great. That is my favorite part of every WarioWare game. Oh, yeah, the, I the think it's everyone's. Stuff. Yeah, it's um, absolutely best. Yeah. Uh, the next Ambassador game is actually a, a sequel to probably Game of the Year on Virtual Console 3DS. Donkey Kong 94. It's Mario versus Donkey Kong, which came out approximately 10 years after DK94. But it's not developed by Nintendo. Well, I guess it, it is NST. Nintendo. Yeah, it's NST, the uh, like the, the the Redmond studio that pretty much just the makes... The kids. Yeah, that, they basically just make Mario versus Donkey Kong games at this point. They, they've made three or four since, uh, after this one. Yeah, but this is the only one that's like DK94, isn't it? The other yeah. ones are all focused on the minis and the puzzling stuff. Yeah. This is, Which is still action good, platformer. But but it's not it's not as good as this. It's not. It's nowhere near. And I would as definitely good. say I, I, I think I'm in the third world now, and it's good. It's not nowhere near as I guess like as we were talking about, like pure as as uh the original. Um, yeah, it clutters it up with like I don't mind the presents, like finding the presents. Well that was in the first yeah. one too, wasn't it actually? Yeah. 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 So I mean, I guess it's mostly, like, I, don't know, the, I guess the minis. Like, I don't mind the mini levels. I think they're fine. It just feels like it's, like, I mean, it's just not as clever. Like, that's my kind of issue with it is that you can kind of tell that this is just made by DigiPen kids. Yeah, like, it's kind of like play this old <laughs> Game Boy game a lot. Now kind of make a sequel to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what but it kind of luck. feels like. And it's and it's not bad. It just doesn't feel as inventive and clever and awesome yeah, as the, the prior game. Yeah, it really add anything new to the to the formula, except for the minis. Yeah. But what, it's not really, like, they're nothing like it. It's, you collect these minis, and then you use them to play an entirely different game. Yeah. Like, they have no correlation to each other, other than the fact that they use the same character. I, I do love, uh, for anyone that has this, they should watch the opening cinema, 
Because there's a lot of, like, weird Mario voiceover stuff in this. Like, yeah. I actually was reading somewhere that apparently, like, basically Charles Martinet just riffs as Mario over the entire end credits and makes comments about himself <laughs> appearing in the credits. Wow, I'll have to like, this there's a, there, there is a lot of, like, Mario dialogue, and it's kind of humorous in how they have all this voice acting. And, and there's Donkey Kong, like, you know, grunts a lot, too. He sounds like Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, oh, I forgot. Um, this game may have my favorite song of any Game Boy Advance game. Like as soon as you boot it up and it plays that that mix of the Mario theme and the Donkey Kong Country theme, but kind of blended together and it keeps switching off the parts between one and the other. It's like uh, it's so it's so good. There, the one thing that does kind of like also ring false with me is that they have something that's like approximates the DK ninety four like victory music. But it just sounds like shit compared to the original. <laughs> but that's just once again with me, it's like DK94 and Super Mario Land 2 were like the two Game Boy games I had as a kid. So, like, DK94 is severely ingrained in my brain from the music to the levels to everything. But... Yeah, see, I never played it at all until this. I played Mario vs. DK years ago, and I thought, oh my god, this is amazing. And then I played DK94, and I was like, no, that was really good. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I totally miss this game. I don't really know why, because I really did love DK94, and even if it's not as good, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so the next game on the list came out uh, mid-2004, and that's Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, which is developed by uh, kind of like a roster of superb uh, developers, because HAL Labs was involved, as it is a Kirby game. Flagship, um, and they made... The Oracle Zodas. Uh, yeah, pretty much all, like uh, Minish Cap as well. And then Dimps, who uh, they did a lot of the recent 2D Sonic games. Um, but yeah, uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, the whole hook with that, though, is that there's like four Kirbys, and there's supposed to be a multiplayer com- component, but you do not have that in this. But it does still work where like there are still three other Kirbys going around, and you can like run into them in the rooms. It's kind of Metroid-like. Um, I played a little bit of this game. I actually haven't played my, my Ambassador copy yet. Have either of you guys? I played, like, the first minute of it, and I was like, this is confusing, what's going on? <laughs> I guess that <laughs> yeah, means I, I should, if I can't handle four Kirby's, I guess I should never try Mass Attack. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, like, switch between the Kirby's? I don't think, I don't know. I played, like, I, a minute of it, so... Right, I didn't see that you could, they just kind of tag along behind you. <laughs> they, I don't know. I feel like they don't really do very much to help. Yeah. I concur. But, yeah, so, um... None of us have really spent that much time about it. If we are wrong and we should be playing the crap out of this game right now, let us know. Um, the next game on the list, which is actually one that I, I kind of beat about half of it a couple months ago, uh, The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. And that came out after the DS came out um, in early 2005. And that that's also developed by Flagship. Um, uh, this is a really great game. I need to beat it. But because I played through half of it like six months ago over the summer, I'm not in any kind of rush. I never played this game. I had zero interest in it when it came out. I'm not a big 2D Zelda fan. I know it's kind of, I guess, blasphemy to say something like that, but it's a, I don't know. I, I, this is the, I think this is the only one I haven't booted up yet. I want to play it, but I know it's something that's going to like need a little bit of an investment yeah. to like sit down because I'm sure there's like, a little exposition, and I've kind of just been dicking around with these games. I haven't really sat down and played one for real. Yeah. 
So I, I'm going to wait until I, I don't know, probably until I beat Skyward Sword, which is soon. Very Hopefully. S- I'm very close. I'm on the final quest, though. I'm on the quest where there is a glitch, so I'm making sure to do it oh, in okay. a, on a Good. different order. So I don't get glitched. <laughs> but, uh, Scott, have you played Minish Capital? The, uh, I did back in the day, yeah. I never beat it. Um, I liked it, though. I mean, it, you know, it was fine. It, I guess I'm, I'm kind of the same as, like, Mike. Like, 2D Zelda just doesn't really do it for me anymore. Um, but I've yeah. got no problems like, with it. I mean, it, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Link to the Past is great, but I definitely think that, for me, 3D Zelda trumps 2D Zelda. It looks like you guys are on the same page as that, yep. but... From what I was playing in Minish Cap, how we were talking about, like, you know, Metroid Fusion being a very compact game, I feel like this is the same way as, you know, I got what I assume, I, I beat two dungeons in this game, and it felt like it took no time at all. But it's not like, it's not like, you know, it felt like it was bad, it just was very condensed. Um, where it's, you know, you do have a little overworld exploration, but there's not a lot of it, and the dungeons are pretty focused. I, I do like the, the going between big and small. They use that really effectively from what I've played of it. And this is the kind of game that I look forward to playing, but, man, I've played a lot of Zelda this year. <laughs> like, I think I think I have actually completed four Zelda games this year from start to finish, which is kind of absurd. That's impressive. Because, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time 3D, Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, and Link's Awakening. And then I've played bits and pieces of Twilight Princess and Minish Cap. It's been, uh, I've celebrated the 25th anniversary a lot. <laughs> oh, and I also tried Thoroughly. playing Zelda 2 again, but, uh, yeah, I'm never beating Zelda 2. That game. That I, I stopped, be. you know, we I had been talking about it like months ago on the podcast. I was talking about how much I liked it. I was really digging it. I always hated it before. I'm really close to the end. And like after we recorded that episode, I don't think I've touched it. <laughs> See, my thing with Zelda 2 That's bad. Is the that same I... thing happened to me with Metroid. My thing two. is that with Zelda 2, I don't think that Zelda 2 is a bad game. Like, I was enjoying it, but it's just like, it's such it's, a pain in the ass that I just don't want to deal with it. Oh, you died, have, have fun walking halfway across the yeah. game again. Yeah, that, that, like, that's what kills me. Random fucking that... battles, I gotta walk through a forest and I gotta deal with this shit. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what really like, feel like. Can't believe this that, shit. That, that's why I stopped playing the game is because I got to, like, the boss of the first dungeon and I died like two or three times. And I had to make the fucking trek all the way back every time. Yeah. And I was just like, no, you're not game. worth my time. You have to. It's a grind. It's a total grind. Yeah. Like, I, I wish they, like, I know Andy's talked about this and he actually likes Zelda 2 a whole lot. And I agree with him where if they could just do, like, a remake of this game where they just clean up the mechanics a little bit, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think that game would be great. It's just that I don't feel like dealing with the game as it is because it's kind of broken. Yeah, it's it's such a bitch. Oh, it's fun, and it's got good gameplay. It's just a fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you navigate through this temple, except one of the walls is actually a secret passage, and it looks exactly the fucking same. Good luck finding it. <laughs> like, in a new Zelda game, that wall has a crack on it. Yeah. Like it it points itself out even if it's well, subtle. Well, that's the thing that's the thing that I hate about uh the original Legend of Zelda 2 is it's the same kind of thing. Metroid where... 2 has the same problem because there's not enough like yeah. sprites available on the Game Boy screen so the hidden passage walls don't look any different. 
Yep. There was like one time I was just like, I was in a morph ball and I hit a wall and all of a sudden I just went past it and like found a Metroid to kill. And I was like, wait, how did this happen? How yeah. would I have ever found that would, ever? Yeah, because you were insanely bored and you turned on the spider ball and you crawled every wall in the section <laughs> from start to finish. That's how you find all the Metroids. Yeah. I can't like, imagine I think, playing this game without a map. I think Metroid 2 and Zelda 2, both good games, just, you know, kind of, kind of janky. Yeah. And the last Ambassador game, which I have not touched, is uh, Fire Emblem of the Sacred Stones, which... Uh, oh, yeah, I've not booted this up either. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I really enjoy the Fire Emblem games, especially ones like this. I I think I played I played the original Game Boy Advance one. Um, I actually played it to completion during an economics class in high school. <laughs> um, like, just would legitimately just sit there playing Fire Emblem for probably a month or two in that class, and, like, would still, like like raise my hand, answer questions. I'd just be playing Fire Emblem throughout the entire time. Let's well, slow really pace, first... so you can, like, you know, yeah. take a note and then look down, what's the next menu command? Yep. Like, <laughs> just kind of leave That, it that is basically, like, what I remember of the original Fire Emblem game. And this one, um, and I borrowed the original one from a friend of mine, and I also borrowed the second one from a friend of mine, but I never really played that much of it because I'd played the original so much. Yeah, I, I kind of said it on Twitter, and maybe I've said it on here in the past, but this is the the game I'm most excited about. I haven't really sat down and played it yet, but I feel like strategy games like these, for the most part, unless they're exceptionally old, um, just hold up the best. Because um, the yeah, game the plays, only thing that can make this game, game better. So... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're talking. I was just gonna say because the gameplay has been refined over time, and you know I don't think that it ages as poorly as you know some of the other games, especially since graphics aren't really a big concern in games like these. And I love Fire Yeah, Emblem, I was gonna so. say, um, it'd be it's great. It'd be better if you could, you know, do a save restore kind of thing on it. Like, you, it's kind of a kind of sucks that you can't like just shut yeah. the system in the middle of it. Yeah, I hope I mean, they do kind of patch that in down the line. Yeah, that mean I guess they've said they're gonna do that with the uh, with the NES games, but these at least Actually, the this... NES games boot to a little have a little menu down there. These got nothing. They got a yeah. a warning screen that. Thankfully, if you touch, will vanish. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that that screen. The first thing I did was, oh god, I hope I can get rid of this. All you have to do is touch it, and it just fades black. But I mean, this actually reminds me of something that the three of us had a had a conversation about on Twitter, um, where the official Nintendo line for the Game Boy Advance games is that they will only be available through the Ambassador program, which I'll admit definitely reeks of bullshit. And like they're they're gonna come out eventually. It's just that I don't think we're gonna see them anytime soon. Right, and I'm of the opinion we'll see them in the first half of next year. <laughs> I think we'll see them by the end of 2012. I think we will see GBA games available as virtual console games at probably earlier in 2012, like halfway through it. But I think the thing is they're not gonna they're not gonna use any of these ten games right away because they have to have to at least save face for a while. Yeah. At least, at least until the end of 2012, and then be like, "Merry Christmas, we're getting everyone these games." Yep. But you have to pay and, for uh, them, suckers. Um. But yeah. Um. That's the ambassador games. I hope uh, if you are an ambassador. Oh you're wait, I want to know. Them. Let's oh, do it real oh, quick. Um. All three of us. Um. What is, I think we did this for the regular, the first NES Ambassador games. What do you think is the best one? What do you think is the worst one? And which one surprised you the most? Or do you think will surprise you the most? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, worst one, F-Zero. 
best one. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to say WarioWare. Um, and the one that surprised me the most. Hmm. Crap, I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, Wario Land. Wario Land 4. There you go. I didn't think it would be as good as it is. And WarioWare, to me, is the best. Although, to be fair, I haven't played Minish Cap yet, which I think would be very good. And Fire Emblem, which I think would be very good for, uh, you know, a portable like this. Right. I'll go. Um, I would say the best one is Metroid Fusion. Uh, it's, like, one of my favorite games, as I explained earlier. So, though there's a lot of good ones. Like, I would put Wario, WarioWare and Mario and Mario DK both, uh, both up there pretty close. Uh, the worst yeah. one, I would say, is probably F-Zero or maybe Mario Kart. I just... I don't know. I just don't. They don't hold up. Mode well. seven racing doesn't work anymore. You also have to think about it. I mean, I mean, we're we're talking about those as the worst. Those were also the first, like they came out around launch. Yeah, that's for the that's Game right. Advance. Whereas a lot of the ones that we're saying are really good came out like two or three years after. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, and I would say the most surprising one um, is probably Wario Land Four, though I haven't played Zelda or Fire Emblem either. Um, I like me, how we all kind of didn't play the same ones. Yeah, I know. They're just they're <laughs> the time commitment ones. You yeah, can just right. play them. Yeah, you can't just boot him up for a minute. That's why Wario is the best one too. Yep. Um. So yeah, my my best one is WarioWare, or favorite one, I should say. Um, it's just so good. Um, my least favorite or the worst one, it, it's not really because of the game. It's just because I have I played so much of the series now. I don't have any interest right now. But it's just Zelda, um, Minish Cap. I just between Skyward Sword and Ocarina, and then I even played um, Link's Awakening and all that. It's just no interest in Zelda right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever play that one. Um, and then, biggest surprise, probably, yeah, Wario Land, I would think. I had no expectations going in, but it's actually a lot of fun, so. Huh, it's interesting. Yeah. We all picked the same one. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Although, my Fire Emblem could eventually be my favorite. I just haven't actually sat down to really play it yet, so. Yeah. That'll probably be the, the first time commitment one I really get into. Right, yeah. I'll play it until one of my characters dies, and then I'll just give up. Yeah, that's always. <laughs> it still the worst. does that thing where, like, when a dude dies, he's he's gone. Yeah. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like a staple of the series there. But I mean, just between Pushmo and Mario Kart and Mario and anything else, it's just hard to find time to well, sit back. Well, I mean, my these. my thing is that these Game Boy Advance games ain't going anywhere. I'll have them to play for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, the next, I mean, after after this holiday rush, like the next big game that's not coming out is like is until like Luigi's Mansion. In February, right? Well, I mean, well, no, uh, oh, Mike, where have you been? Oh, wait, did they, I know they put release dates out, but I forgot them. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, there's Resident Evil Revelations, February. Don't care about that. And the only Nintendo published one is Kid Icarus on March 23rd. Oh, wasn't Luigi coming out? I guess Luigi will be nope. out before the end of the fiscal year. Uh, probably not. Wow, that's a big delay for that game. Yeah, yeah, Kid Icarus Uprising. Because they never the show. Only Anything at E3 that's not coming out within the next 12 months, almost generally. Ever. I would, in all honesty, like I, would Luigi. Probably, I would say Luigi's Mansion would probably be like a May release. I hope it'll make it because, out. It'll make it out before E3. Yeah, or it'll be like in the Ocarina. It'll be like in the Ocarina of Time 3D window. But I yeah. think that window will be a little earlier because you know the system's not out three months before. Yeah, most likely it'll be out right before E3. But I guess it might come out like a week or two weeks after. Sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah, that that May June window will probably be Luigi's Mansion Two territory. 
And then hopefully we'll be getting, you know, your Animal Crossings and your Paper Marios and stuff like that. Oh, I have another question for you guys. If you could add one game to the GBA list, what would you add? Ooh. I don't even know the answer myself. Um, I mean, the, the, the one thing, it's, it's totally unrealistic, but Super Mario Brothers 3 with all the e-reader levels. That wouldn't happen. That would be really good. Um, um, Drill Dozer. Oh, people love that game. <laughs> I actually, I, I got that. I got that in Boktai. It was basically like novelty Game Boy Advance card day for me. <laughs> I got that like a year or two ago. So um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the inverse from you, Neil, where I played Fusion, but I never got a chance to play Zero Mission. So I'd love for that to show up there. Zero Mission's yeah. really good. Even the stealth part, which is kind of crummy, is still at least pretty good. At the end, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Zero Zero Mission is better than Fusion, but in my own selfish way, I'm glad Fusion made the list instead of Zero Mission because I've never played Fusion. Fusion's more original, though, and they already released the original Metroid as an NES ambassador. True. Game, and that'd be really yeah. lame to basically give you the same game twice. <laughs> um, I can't even think of what my favorite Game Boy Advance game is because it's probably WarioWare. Um... I mean, Twisted would have been cool. Twisted would be cool. And the game, the system does have a gyroscope in it. They definitely could yeah. have pulled it off. But Some of the Advanced Wars are really good. Yeah, those are good. Oh, yeah, an Advanced Wars game would be fun. Uh, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland is a really good remake of the original. Yeah. Man, I can't even think. I guess maybe the Pokemon games, I'm surprised there's not one in there, but I guess they probably yeah. plan on selling you those. So. Yep. I'm still, like, I think we'll get the original Red and Blue at some point. I think so. Oh, yeah. It'll be gangbusters. I, yeah. They just got to figure out a way to get the link cable to work with the IR port on the system. Yep. Like, that, that would be, you know, big money. And the good thing is that because Pokemon Red and Blue were so dated, and, I mean, they've already been, like, I don't think we'll see the Game Boy Advance ones, but I think we'll see the original Game Boy ones because I feel like that wouldn't really ruin any future sales of Pokemon games. It would just, you know, prey on nostalgia, which I guess Pokemon kind of does every day of every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems smart to release um, red or blue or yellow. Hopefully, I would get yellow if they released yellow. Yeah. And you know that, when they'll that... do it, they'll release all three. Yeah. <laughs> Make you pony up $4 for each of them if, if you <laughs> want to collect them all. Man, I, can't, I really can't even think of what my favorite... Oh, you know what I would add? It's not a Nintendo game, but I would add Ninja Five O. Oh, I heard that game's awesome. Yeah, I got a review copy of that, and then I sold it, like, months later, because it, like, went out of production immediately, but it got amazing review scores. It's all, like, the collectors wanted it, so I sold it for, like, 30 or 40 bucks, which is, like, what it cost. Like, I didn't want to jip the guy off, but it had been out for a long time at that point, and I, normally a game like that would probably be, like, worth $10 on the resale market. But it was super rare. Plus, a lot of people would get to play it then. Yeah. Oh, and we should ask our listeners what they think should be added. Yeah, we won't send us an email or, or tweet us. But, yeah, I think that just about does it for this segment. Enjoy your ambassador games, guys. Enjoy.
Hello and welcome to a Connectivity segment on Mario Kart Super Circuit. I'm Nicholas Bray, one of the Australian correspondents, and I'm here with uh, Pedro Hernandez. Hey guys! Hey Pedro. Okay, Mario Kart Super Circuit. Um, what's your general thoughts on the game so far, Pedro? Well, I remember getting the game for Christmas way back in 2001. I got it with a bunch of other GBA games. And at the time, I thought it was really cool because it was the... A lot of people seem to forget that Mario Kart Super Circuit was the first ever handheld Mario Kart game. And at the time, I thought it was really cool being able to play Mario Kart on the Game Boy Advance and take it everywhere, everywhere I go. But I think that it was kind of like an experiment, much like Super Mario Kart was an experiment in that, yeah, the game is good, but there's no denying that some of the things Super Circuit did on the GBA were done slightly better on the DS and 3DS, at least in my opinion. Right. <clears throat> um, my past with the game is fairly similar to you. I got it for Christmas 2001 and um, proceeded to play it a lot over the next you know, six months or whatever. Um, I think the game carves out its own little niche in the um, Mario Kart history, though, in that it's probably one of the strongest single-player entries in the series. I just think it's um, it can be quite a bit more challenging than le- the later uh, 3D entries, like on the handheld at least. Yeah, I would say that I have to agree with you in that Super Circuit does seem like the most heavy single-player Mario Kart game so far, and I blame it on the fact that this being a handheld game, at the time it was kind of hard to get a four-player game going because you need to buy four copies on the game and then you have to buy the link cables and then find three other players that also had the game and their link cables. So the, the, the stronger aspect of Mario Kart, which is the multiplayer, was kind of gimped with Super Secret, and I believe that's why a lot of people seem to pass over Super Secret and prefer other entries like Mario Kart 64, uh, Double Dash, or Mario Kart Wii, because in those games, the multiplayer was really realized, while in Super Secret was kind of limited due to the technology. That's why I say that it's kind of similar to uh, Super Mario Kart in that the ideas are presented and they're presented really, really good, but it has some features that wouldn't be perfected until much later entries. Yeah, I agree with the um, multiplayer not being a large focus. I only ever got to play it a, f- like a handful of times over the years um, with actual multi-card multiplayer and super circuit. It, okay, the single player really does feel like a mix between Mario Kart 64 and Super Mario Kart, and that the game looks a bit more like Mario Kart 64, and the gameplay is a bit of it's still in between Mario Kart 64 and Super Mario Kart. Like we've now we've got the red shells, we've got the the blue shell, we've got a few different uh, tweaks to the game. There's a like a short. Um, it's not a power slide, but when you go around a corner for an extended period of time, you do get a, a short mini boost off of it now as well. Um, that is a couple. That, that's a couple of things I was thinking about with the in terms of the single player. What did you think about any of the changes to the to the game since Mario Kart sixty four? I think uh, 
when by the time I played Super Circuit, I was already a really big fan of Mario Kart 64. I think to this day, that's one of the most polished and best entries in the series. So when I came into Super Circuit, I was kind of taken away by the fact that the controls were a little bit looser than some of the characters. Like, for example, I used to love Yoshi. He was my main character in Mario Kart 64. So when I went back to play as Yoshi on Super Circuit, I felt that the controls were a little bit loose on the lightweight characters. I had to pick some of the heavier characters in order to play it. So that to me was a little bit of a turn off. In that the controls were not as tight, but at the same time they, they allow for uh, more. Yeah, I that's a, that seems to be a common complaint that comes up. On, I play as or played as Toad. I think that, that was a problem that a lot of people have with the game as well. So coming to my Super Circuit was um. I, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I don't think it was too far off what the 64 game controlled like. Um, it's just it was on a D-pad, and the power slide mechanic wasn't really there. You have to really more like jump around corners or take your finger off the accelerator quickly just to tighten up the tr- the turn. I found. Um, what do you think about that? Um. I see. At, at first, I didn't notice it when I was playing it because I, every, every time I go into a a Mario Kart game, I don't expect uh, the things that things that were available in the first games or the first few set of games and be carried over to this um game. But I saw, at first, I didn't have any problems with it because I was still too focused on how the controls were looser than before. But I seen the reason they kind of scaled back on the strategy is because they knew that they were making a a more single player focused game, so so I would put this um so maybe that's one of the reasons they scaled back on the gameplay mechanics from previous games because they were working on something that was more limited and maybe because it was on the Game Boy Advance and the controls and the and the game engine they didn't allow for something far more deeper, which I I think. They were able to develop further with Double Dash and, and the DS and Mario Wii, so on and so forth. Super Circuit really was like the last um, Mario Kart in that more classic style. When we got to Double Dash, it kind of started going off into more crazy kinds of carts and more, lots more characters and things. So uh, Super Circuit seems to be like the last in the line of Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64, and then ending with Super Circuit in that... The carts are all standardized, really. Just the characters themselves seem to be the main uh, change to what the carts handle like. Um, a few of the items had a few different tweaks as well in the game. Notably, the uh, red shell can now be dropped as a homing mine, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you when you say that Super Circuit was kind of like the last Mario Kart to, be, to feel classic because one thing I forgot to mention earlier is that it was indeed like a mix between Mario Kart 64 and Super Mario Kart. The graphics are kind of a little bit like Mario Kart 64 but at the same time they're kind of like Super Mario Kart in how the tracks are designed. They kind of look like most 7 graphics and it really does feel like it was the last classic Mario Kart game because, like you said, afterwards we were getting sort of mid gimmicks thrown into the gameplay design. Like with Double Dash, we had the two characters mechanic alongside the 
the the SIM cards and then we market we we got the bikes and online and more focus on the cards as well. So yeah, I agree with you that Super Circuit is the last one to feel truly classic. I think that the um the 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 frustration in the gameplay in a single player Grand Prix in Super Circuit is not as aggravating as it is later on in uh, in later entries in this series. The um like stuff like the the blue shell hardly makes an appearance. You can crank up your top speed by collecting coins, and you can even outrun pretty much every item. I think that was one of the main um problems I have with later entries is that you can't really do anything about certain items like you just have to sit there and take it in super circuit you can actually skillfully like if you get skillful enough you can overcome pretty much anything that the CPU can throw at you that's something that killed my cut with for me in that you really can't do anything when you are go- you are hit by the items so like for example, you can escape uh, 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 the the bullet bill, the giant bullet bill. You can escape that once you're hit. You lose a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of time. Then you have the the blue shell. It was a game that was really designed to let people that don't exactly play Mario Kart win the game, and that's something that really frustrated me to a point where I I felt like I could no longer play the game. Uh, have fun with it. It would be like I would be playing it, and then I would be angry or annoyed because just as I was about to reach the finish line, uh, something would hit me, and then I would go from first to five or six place in 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 less than a minute. Mario Kart Super Circuit was indeed more focused on fun, not exactly on all of these mechanics. Yeah, you can like the game can screw you over still in Super Circuit. But um, I think once you get really into the game and you can really get into the tracks and um, know how to deal with uh, certain items and stuff, you can pretty much just win by a lot, a lot of the time. One thing that I was going to mention about Super Circuit is that much like Super Mario Kart has some ideas of, uh, ideas of its own that will later become standards in the other Mario Karts, Super Circuit had the... For the first time, it had the classic courts. Like they, they brought over the courts, the courses from uh, Super Mario Kart and brought it over to Super Circuit. And from then on, every single Mario Kart game will have at least a classic track cup. And 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 as I'm sorry, as you guys um know, from that moment on, the car, the retro cards will be the courts courts will be more elaborate better, more fun to play with. Like, even something out of Super Mario Kart, which were basically, the courses were basically these flat textures that just rotated as you control the character. In the other entries, the the courses were more dynamic, more fun to play with. They were more interesting. Plus, it got players excited for the fact that they were going to see classic tracks redone in a new style. Like, for example, in Mario Kart 7, we get to see a lot of the Mario Kart 64 tracks done in a new higher definition 3D graphics. And that's something that really started with Super Circuit, and a lot of people seem to forget that. Uh, yeah, Super Circuit, I thought, was amazing for having pretty much double the amount of tracks of uh, any previous Mario Kart 
um, it like having the Super Mario Kart courses included was such a big um, deal to me back then. Um, it was a big I deal played... to me too because there was a lot of stuff to do now. Not only do you get to unlock the, the not only do you get to complete the first set of tracks, you get to go to the other set of tracks as I keep playing for hours and hours, even if you didn't have uh, friends to play multiplayer with. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, I would say that while at the very beginning the Super Secret became kind of like an underrated, overlooked uh, Mario Kart entry, it seems that in the last few years, especially after Mario Kart became more experimental in in terms of gameplay design, now it has gotten a little bit of a following. Now, especially since I started working on Nintendo World Report, there seems to be a lot of people that actually like Super Secret over something like the Mario Kart DS, which to this day is still held as as the best Mario Kart entry in the entire series. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think. Mario Kart Super Circuit still feels like it. People don't really like it or enjoy it as much compared to like later entries, like such as the DS one. But that I would have to assume that comes down mainly due to the multiplayer uh, advances in the, the series up until that point. Um, I don't know the. Everyone seems to complain about the way the game controls, and I feel that once you sit back, you know, see and um, really play it for a couple of cups or uh, just even the 50cc cups themselves, you'd probably start to feel like the game plays very fast. You can zip around the tracks really quickly. The graphics look better than... It's much easier to look at um, Super Circuit graphically than it is to go back and look at Super Mario Kart in terms of the way the camera moves around or the the layers move around the the screen, it seems to be much easier to um, just look at Super Circuit compared to Super Mario Kart. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that statement because even though Super Mario Kart is still a great game, it's still a great game to go back and play, you get taken aback by how it was designed because, like I said, it was the first game of its kind and it was really experimental. So you get thrown back by the two split screen mechanic where on the top side of the screen you get the character and you get to ride around, ride around a flat texture while underneath you get the whole map. That's something that hasn't really been done to you. Mario Kart DS with Mario DS when it introduced the second screen where you could see your character on the upper screen and then you can get to see the map on the lower screen and that's something that turns a, little, a lot of people off away from Super Mario Kart so I agree in that at the very least even if Super Circuit isn't the most popular entry in the series at the very least it's, very, it's easier to go back to it than other entries yeah, yeah. Uh, just the 2D ones, which there has only been two Mode 7 Mario Karts. I think there only will ever be two Mario, uh, Mode 7 Mario Karts. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's, it's very interesting to know, and yeah, <clears throat> that's something that I may notice uh, on the innovations of Mario Kart feature that I made for the site just in time for the launch of the uh, Mario Kart 7. And that's, even though we have seven games in the in the franchise and not all of them 
I, I know all of them completely change the gameplay. It's always going to be the same with Mario Kart. They all have these differences and these little small, uh, small gameplay mechanics and tweaks that make them a little bit stand out from the rest. So uh, even though a lot of people seem to agree that Mario Kart 64, the Mario Kart DS is the best game ever, a lot of people seem to to get into debates of as to what is their favorite Mario Kart. And I think one of the reasons that people forget about Super Circuit is because it's very classic in its design, it's very experimental, and like I already mentioned t times uh, many times before, um, its multiplayer is kind of limited, but that, at the same time, it is understandable considering the considering the the limitations that they had on the handheld. Hmm. Like single cut um, multiplayer was like four tracks, and everyone was a Yoshi, so it's very limited. Um, just going back to like the feel of the game quickly, like I think in the three D in the three D Mario Karts mainly that the sense of um, the corners are all the, there's not as many tight turns and really fast reflexes required to to just navigate the courses in the later ones. I think the two D tracks have a certain um, adrenaline-filled kineticness to the way you have to, like, play the track that the 3D ones lose and lack just the, by the virtue of them being 3D and more spacious in the environments, really. Not to mention it, it, it allows players and maybe to an extent the designers to experiment with shortcuts and track design, whereas the 2D Mario Karts where everything was flat and it didn't allow for much experimentations. They were all working with a flat texture that they had to rotate according to how the player was controlling the character. Whereas the 3D Mario Karts, they had um, more options. They had heels and things. Yeah, yeah, they had more options. They had more obstacles to put in. And they had, they, they had, they no, they no longer had the fear of abusing the technology they were working on. They knew that with the KQ, they would be able, they would be able to do things that they couldn't do on Mario Kart 64, so on and so forth. What's your favorite track from, um, Super Circuit, Pedro? Yeah, I was, I have to say, um, I don't remember the name exactly, but I really liked, um, the one with the ribbons. I think it was ribbon track. I don't, Oh, Ribbon Road. Yeah, Ribbon Road. I also like the one track where, I don't know if it was uh, Rainbow World, but I remember that track because it had a Paper Mario reference in the background. It had the Bowser's um, Clown Copter with Peach's Castle on top. I don't remember the name of the track as a whole, uh, yeah, but it had a, a reference to it, which reminds me, was the Super Circuit one of the first games to be developed by Another developer is the Intelligent Systems. I may be mistaken. I think, I think that's the only Mario Kart to be developed uh, outside of EAD. I'm, I mentioned that because it had a very clear Paper Mario reference, and Intelligent Systems at the time did the Paper Mario game for the N64. So now, yes, yeah. so, so now that you mention it, this is the very first Mario Kart game that was developed by another company within Nintendo, I mean, sure, we had Retro 
do some of the tracks in Mario Kart 7, but now that I realize Super Circuit is innovative in that some of the others work with the gameplay. Hmm. It does. Uh, maybe that's why some of the um the tweaks to the the way the items work and stuff never appeared again, as well. Maybe because that was a one-time uh, development process for Nintendo. I wonder why Super Circuit was passed off to Intelligent Systems. I guess it's known somewhere, but I'm not sure why it was actually outsourced, kind of. Well, again, considering that this was the first handheld game that they were working on, the first, um, because I do remember that when the Game Boy Advance was revealed for the first time, the Space World went back when they used to, to, uh, to hold it, Nintendo used to hold it, uh, it was one of the first games to be shown off for the Game Boy Advance. So maybe, and this is my theory right now, maybe the reason Nintendo handed it over to Intelligent Systems because they wanted to see how other developers worked with the Game Boy Advance because if I'm not mistaken, at the time, Nintendo was working with ports, like ports of Super Mario All-Stars and the different entries. So maybe they, they needed to hand over some of, some of their IPs to other developers so they could get a feel of how they work and how they work with the hardware. Yeah, I suppose. And I guess um, Nintendo's EAD teams would have been tied up doing something for GameCube at the time as well. That could be it because uh, the next year after they revealed the Game Boy Advance, they were really focusing on the on the GameCube because at the set, they were revealed at almost at the same time, but the Game Boy Advance came first. Like It came out in, in the summer of 2001, while the GameCube mm. was going to be released on the fall of 2001. So maybe... At the time, Nintendo was focusing all of these development teams, the main development development teams, on the GameCube so that they could have a working system. But at the time, they were, they were, it was released on 2001. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we don't want to get too off track. Um, we were talking about no intended, uh, the, track, the tracks themselves. Sorry? No pun intended, because you said not to get off track. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Um, anyway, going back to the courses themselves for the GBA-designed levels in Super Circuit, my favorite two tracks would probably be Sky Garden and either Luigi's race, one of the Luigi's races base courses, and, yeah, like Ribbon Road, like you were saying before. I think some of the shortcuts you can pull off in some of these tracks are also really clever in that you can hit uh, certain jumps with the mushroom and you'll be able to go up really high in the sky and jump over whole sections of the course. Yeah, so even then, before everybody was to focus on shortcuts, Super Circuit was kind of experimented with the track design. I hope players will adapt to it. Yeah, like, if you hit certain um, jump, like, small hop jump things, you'd be able to, yeah, literally jump really far in f over certain parts of the courses. And like I already said before, the design of the of the classic courses were, was really good. Um, I, I, the one that I mentioned it, uh, bless you, now... 
Now that I mentioned it um, earlier, it was kind of interesting to play the classic courses without the second screen dividing the television screen. Like I already mentioned, on the upper half you had the character, and the lower half you had the map. So it was kind of interesting to see how they took the classic courses and updated them slightly to fit the Game Boy Advance screen, as well as the as the as Super Secret's own uh, gameplay design. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Yeah, some of the courses objects were taken out, but I think they did add some back in for certain for certain tracks. I think they put some. Uh, did they put Wumps in uh, Rainbow Road for the Super Nintendo? Yeah. Well, that's something that recently Retro explained and, and the developers of Mario Kart 7 explained in that when they take the classic courses and bring it over to a new game, they have to take into consideration the limitations of the hardware in which the course was originally created for, and then they had to update it as well as reinvent it slightly because they're working with a game that has different mechanics, and Super Secret was one of the first games to truly experiment with that, in that they not only brought the classic courses over, they also had to reinvent them slightly so they would be able to fit with the with the game's overall design. Yeah, yep. One of the other things that started with Super Circuit, I just thought of though, was the uh, ranking system for the um, for the cups themselves, like the A, B, C, and the stars and stuff. Yeah, that's. Did you get into that at all? Yeah, I remember. I, rem- I remember that. Yeah, I don't think there hasn't been a a similar system with the other Mario Kart, but I may be mistaken because it's been a while since mm. I play a Mario Kart game, but. I, you're right in that. I remember that uh, it was the first game to actually grade your overall performance while racing. That's something that had been done in other games before, but I think this is one of the first times a racing game actually graded your performance, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was the first time in a Mario Kart game, which ever since they've kept up. I think maybe Double Dash may have been the exception, but I know from DS onwards there's always been the ranking system which in 7 has become very easy to get 3-star ranks up until 150cc, where it's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Circuit, it was very difficult to get a 3-star rank in in um, in a cup. Pretty much I the way I was doing it, at least, uh, I was basically using no items at all and just coming first by a lot to try and get a three-star rank on each cup, which on 150cc to try and use pretty much no items is very difficult. Did So you, you didn't try at all to get a big three-star ranking at all? Well, that's something that, that I... that Okay, to explain it better, usually when I play games, I don't try to play them to become like the best player ever. So I just jump in. No, neither. I just jump in. Have fun. If I win, great. If I don't win, that's okay too. Uh, I try to not focus so much on the details like getting X achievement in X game or trying to accomplish something so I get better ranking. So I'm afraid to say that I never tried to do that much in the Mario Kart games. I just went in, go in, pick a character, complete the cups, 
complete compete with other players and just have fun. So I'm sorry I can't yeah. dive into detail about that. I'm pretty much the same way. It's just certain games I do get into, I do try and do certain things. But uh, Super Circuit was one of those, and I never did get all of the the ranking three star ranks, but I tried. <laughs> it, it is a, a fun way to extend the replay by a Super Circuit. Yeah, and the rankings carried over into the Super Nintendo tracks as well, mm -hmm. so you could do both sets of courses. Okay, have you got any closing thoughts, Pedro, on Super Circuit? Well, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> well, I was going to say that while Super Circuit does have its issues and limitations due to the it being on the Game Boy Advance, I wouldn't say it's as bad as some people make it out to be. For my nice. for my money, I would say uh, my least favorite is Mario Kart Wii, but that's another discussion that I had on another episode. But I think Super Circuit deserves a little bit more credit for the for the um, design choices that it did. And uh, we people have to remember also that it was the first handheld game, so it was a uh, it required a lot of experimentation to get to work right, work right on the Game Boy Advance. So it's a good thing that it kind of has picked up in popularity in the last few years, but it does need to get a little more recognition. Even if it isn't my all-time favorite Mario Kart game, at least it is better than some people uh, claim it isn't. Yeah, I I agree. Um, that Some of the later games may be more fun or... Um, excel in certain areas or whatever, but as a handheld Mario Kart, a, a handheld single-player Mario Kart experience, I think Super Circuit really does excel. Um, it it blend it brings up to, it up brings up to date the Super Mario Kart gameplay, 2D gameplay, um, and polishes it just enough to make it more tolerable to uh, newer players. And yeah, the courses are really the courses are really fun, and I just really do think it's it is one of my favorite Mario Kart games, mm -hmm. and I do agree with you that Mario Kart Wii is probably one of the worst. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people love Mario Kart Wii to death. A lot of people can say no, but playing online, online gets better. Not for me. It still feels kind of unbalanced. Like they try to appeal to a new audience. Well, the other Mario Kart games at least focus more on the actual gameplay. And Super Circuit is indeed one of the last classic Mario Kart games because afterwards it will be focused on gimmicks and brand new gameplay mechanics. Yeah, Super Circuit really is like the last of the classic Mario Kart line of um, the way it was presented and the way certain things worked in it, but... Uh, isn't it? It's Mario Kart. If you like Mario Kart, I think you should really, if you haven't given Super Circuit a look before, give it a good look and um, give it a chance to for yourself to adapt to the way the game controls. It is a bit different, and if you haven't, and if you do think you do not like uh, Super Circuit that much, uh, go back and check it out again. Give it a second look. Uh, it might surprise you. Not to mention that there's a really good possibility that. It might get re-released on the eShop because today the Legend of Zelda for the NES came out for the eShop for the 3DS. And considering that game was part of the Advanced program, maybe 
Super Circuit could eventually make an appearance on the eShop. So then, if it does happen, I do recommend checking it out. If you already played it through the Ambassadors, Ambassador program, that's great, but if you haven't, I think that might be the perfect chance to give it a second chance. Especially now, after Mario Kart 7 came out, and maybe you can compare a contrast and then pick a favorite. Yeah, if people have issues with the way Mario Kart 7 handles its single player, I think you would be it would be a good idea to check out uh, Super Circuit because I think it is a much better single player experience. Hi, and welcome to another spirited rendition of NWR Jeopardy. This is our third episode, as we do not count the live show one as canon, because it was kind of a train wreck, and there was a stoner involved. It was it was bad news all around. Um, I'm Neil Ronahan, and I will be the Alex Trebek, metaphorically speaking, for this show. And with me in spirit is Andy Gergen, who tried to return from baby hiatus, but unfortunately his computer did him in. Um... Hopefully we'll be hearing from him soon in some form, though. He did contribute some of the questions, and I'll be sure to uh, cry profusely missing him whenever I read his questions. <laughs> Our contestants for the show are Nate Andrews, returning from the first episode of NWR Jeopardy. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Pedro Hernandez, our returning champion from episode two. Hey, everybody. And Scott Thompson, who hosted one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you hosted the second one with me, and you were on the first one? Yeah, I think I got yeah. second place in the first one with, like, 100 points. I think I was the only other guy positive <laughs> outside of you who won. Yeah. And then and I now, hosted now, the now I, I've won, and now I, I guess I just host all the time, which is fine with me. I enjoy this. Uh, so without further ado, let's, let's get started. Um, our four categories for the opening round are Mario Kart, that virtual console shit, hardware, Impotent quotables. Um, I guess, uh, Nate, you're the youngest, so we'll let you go first. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go with potent quotables for 100. Okay. The answer is, a winner is you. Pedro? Or no, 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 Nate, Nate. Oh, uh, what is pro wrestling? Yes, that is correct wrestling on the NES with uh, silly stuff. So, Nate, the board is still yours. Uh, potent quotables for 200. Welcome to the Warp Zone. Or welcome to Warp Zone. Pedro? What is Super Mario Bros? That is correct. For 200. Okay, I'll the take the Bishop Coastal category for... What are we right now? Uh, 100, 100 200, 300, yeah. 200. <clears throat> okay, virtual console for 300. Sorry if there is a slight delay with this. I'm, I'm running the whole show by myself. <laughs> uh, for 300, this was the last virtual console release on Wii in North America as of right this minute. 
Anybody? What is the ignition factor? I knew. I was like, it's something with fire. <laughs> yeah. It came out in, uh, I believe, August 25th, something like that. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're crying ever since. Uh, Pedro, the board is yours. I'll tell you short coaster said for 400. These two, platform, these two platforms were the last two added to the Wii Virtual Console. Nate? Uh, what are Neo Geo and Commodore 64? Uh, that is incorrect. Anybody else? You were half... You were half right. Uh, it was the Virtual Console Arcade in Commodore 64. Oh, that's right. I believe uh, Neo Geo was probably the third to last one. All right, Pedro, the board is still yours. I'll take Bishop Coastal Shed for 500. All right. This was the first game from Japan that de- debuted for the first time in North America on Virtual Console. Hmm. Scott? Is it the Lost Levels? No, that is incorrect. Is it, uh... Uh... Scene of Punishment? That is incorrect. Nate, are you going to buzz in or no? No. <laughs> All right. Is actually this is uh, probably the douchiest question of the entire day. It's actually Battle Load Runner. Mm, okay. Um, oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pedro, the board is yours. Uh, what were the What were the other categories again? Mario Kart and hardware, and then potent quotables and virtual that virtual console shit. I'll take Mario Kart for one hundred. All right. This game was the first in the series to have retro levels. Pedro. Why is Mario Kart Super Secret? That is correct. The board is yours. I'll take Mario Kart for 200. These two characters appeared in Super Mario Kart, but were removed from Mario Kart 64. Hey, uh, Nate, Nate. Uh, who are Donkey Kong Jr. and Koopa Troopa? That is correct. Nate, the board is yours. Finally, someone else has the damn board. Uh, let's do potent quotables for 300, I think. Yes. You spoony bard. Pedro. What is Final Fantasy IV? That is correct. The board is yours. I'll take uh, Mario Kart 7 for 400. And Pedro's back in the positives, just in case uh, anyone was wondering. He's the, currently the only person in the positives. What? All right, for 300. Dry Bowser, Funky Kong, You're Me, Baby Peach, Baby Daisy, and this character made their series debut in Mario Kart Wii. Pedro. Who is Rosalina? That is correct. All right, board is yours, bro. I'll take Mario Kart for 500. For 500. Mario Kart Wii featured an unlockable cart that referenced the similar Nintendo series. Pedro. What is F-Zero? That is correct. And it was the Blue Falcon. Did anyone ever use that? I did. A lot. I did. It was the only cart that I enjoyed using. Uh, Pedro. Okay. Uh, I'll take potent quotables for... Where are we right now? 
in terms of money? Uh, there's 400 and 500. Uh, for 500. All right, the answer is, congratulations, this story is happy end. The correct answer is Ghosts and Goblins for the NES. Pedro? Uh, do we have a 600 category? What? $600 question, I'm sorry. About the last one in Potent Quotables? Yeah. Alright. I feel asleep. Nate. What is Metal Gear? That is correct. Has anybody actually ever played the original Metal Gear? Uh, briefly. I only played it briefly when I started playing the Metal Gear Solid games, and that was it. It was always, uh, I always found it to be kind of stupidly hard. It kind of is, All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got two left in Virtual Console. We've got all five left in hardware, and we've got one left in Mario Kart. What's your pick, Nate? Uh, let's finish off Mario Kart. All right. These two characters could use any of the special character-specific items in Mario Kart Double Dash. Pedro? Okay, who are uh, Kingu, Kimbu, and Piri Pirana? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Okay, I'll take hardware for 100. All right. This Nintendo console hit shelves in North America in 1985. Pedro. What is the NES? That is correct. Okay, I'll take hardware for 200. Launch games for this popular Nintendo system included Alleyway, ba alleyway Baseball, and Tennis. Nate. Uh, what is the Virtual Boy? That is incorrect. No. Anybody else? Alleyway, baseball, and tennis. Uh, that would be the Game Boy. Oh. And all three of those games are available on the Nintendo eShop, if you would uh, be so daring as to play three pretty much shitty games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got uh, three more left in hardware and two more left in Virtual Console. I'll take hardware for 400. All right. The number of GameCube titles that supported use of the broadband adapter for online play in North America. Pedro? Uh, what is three titles? That is correct. Wow. I was totally, I was totally, I was totally guessing that one. Huh. Yeah, oh, and, was it, uh, it was Fantasy Star, Kirby, and what else? Mario Kart. Know, Kirby, Kirby didn't have online. I think Kirby had land play. Same um, with Mario oh, Kart. Yeah. Same it's just, it is three Fantasy Star games. Oh, it's all Fantasy Star. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Fantasy Star Online Episode One and Two, Episode One and Two Plus, and Episode Three Card Revolution. Wow. So we got 300 and 500 left in hardware, Pedro, and we've got 100 and 200 left in that virtual console shit. I'll take uh, that visual culture set for 200. This non-Nintendo system was promised to make its debut on the 3DS virtual console this past summer. Scott? I'll just guess Game Gear? That is correct. All right, good. <laughs> Yay! 
Scott, uh, the board is yours as uh, well, you try to come back from the, the negatives. Yeah, what, what's left? Uh, we got one. We got a 200 left in virtual console, and we got 300 and 500 left in hardware. I'll finish out virtual console. This maligned sequel was the 100th virtual console release on Wii. Uh, I believe that's Nate. Uh, what is Majora's Mask? That is incorrect. Uh, you were very, very close. It's actually Zelda 2. Oh, that's right. Oh, and Nate was thinking of the 50th Visual Console release. No, I, that think I, that, I think that's what it was, actually. That was the 50th. Yeah, that was the 50th, and the 100th was Zelda 2. Yeah. All right, um, you got 300 and 500 in hardware left. Uh, oh, yeah, which I guess is me. Uh, 300. That's the daily double. Woohoo! All right, what are you going to wager? You can wager up to 1,000. Uh, what the heck, let's do 1,000. <laughs> All right. This Japan-only add-on was also known as the BSX when it came out in the mid-'90s. Hmm... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that is the Satellaview. I knew that one. <laughs> Alright, so we got one more left. This is the month that the oh. Nintendo GameCube was discontinued. Um, yeah, no one's gone in. Anybody? I will take that as a no. February 2007. A super that, specific one. I was honestly thinking February. Ah. Uh, all right. All right, so, let's hear a scoring update. I, I can't wait. <laughs> all right, right now, Scott's at negative 1,300. <laughs> Nate is at 100. And oh, Pedro wow. is at 1,800. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice oh, spread. My God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so I guess, Scott, you will kick us off, and here are your categories. Puzzle games, Winter Wonderland, Virtual Console, written by Andy instead of me, and Pikmin 2, also, duh, written by Andy. Um, <laughs> I'll take, um, I guess Winter Wonderland for 200. All right. This area routinely gets frozen in Zelda games. Pedro? What is Sora's domain? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't beginner's luck, Pedro. I, I got a feeling. Well, I just remember that in Ocarina of Time, when you go to the Sora's domain, they were frozen and you had to unfreeze the king, and then it the Princess. You go to the Soros domain as well, and you see all of the Soros frozen in the water, which is kind of creepy. <laughs> They're just staring at you. All right, uh, the board is yours, sir. Okay, I'll take Winter Wonderland for 400. All right. Ice flowers were introduced in the Mario universe in this 2005 DS game. Um, oh crap, who was Nate? You were first. Uh, what is New Super Mario Brothers? That is incorrect. 
Um, anybody else? Unless that was everyone's guess. That's kind of what I was thinking, but now I'm like trying to think of what else would have been two thousand five. I guess uh Nintendogs. <laughs> Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. Was it really? Oh, I was thinking oh. of the mainline games. Yeah, I was actually going to. I was like, oh, it was Galaxy, and then I then I looked into it and realized that it wasn't. Huh. But uh, yeah, Pedro, the board is yours. What is Winter uh, Outtake? I'm sorry, Outtake Winter Wonderland for six hundred. All right, this is the name of the snowy locale in Metroid Prime. Um, Scott. Uh, Fendrana Drifts? Fendrana Drifts? Yeah, close enough. I think it's Fehendrana, but I'm not sure. That's just how I pronounce it. (laughs) Great music, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that was actually, that was the first one that I wrote for this, because I was like, what? what's a really memorable snowy location? (laughs) And, yeah, that that one takes the cake. Just, like, you know, seeing Ridley fly across the screen. Love it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So good. All right, I'll keep rolling with uh, Winter Wonderland then. All right. next, 800, I guess. Yep. This pun-filled Super Mario 64 level name features snowmen, penguins, and ice. Oh. No takers? No. This was a tough one, but it's very funny to me. What is Snowman's Land? Is this, like, No Man's Land? I like puns. Sorry. Um, Don't worry, I like puns too. (laughs) So, Scott, do you want to close this one out? Yeah, go for it. Alright. This snow-themed robot monster... Yeah, this snow-themed robot master appears in Mega Man 1. Nate? Uh, Who is Chill Penguin? No, that would be in... Oh, crap. (laughs) That would be in Mega Man X. That is true. Although, very, very good boss. It's the one that I always beat first whenever I play that game. Nobody? Someone. Please? Nope. Iceman. <laughs> Man, that was easy. I knew, I knew it was going to be something like that. I was thinking <laughs> Snowman. I was like, no, it wouldn't be Snowman. That's too dumb. <laughs> Iceman is, is just a little bit above Snowman, I guess. Yeah. All right, we got Puzzle Games, Virtual Console, and Pikmin 2. For uh, Scott. Let's do, I guess, puzzle for 200. All right. Gunpei Yokoi designed this puzzle game, which has been re-released numerous times on Nintendo platforms. Pedro. I'm going out on a limb here, but what is Dr. Mario? That is correct. Wow. It was, uh, I believe, its first first appearance was on the Game Boy. Which I think already came out. It came out on the uh, 21st anniversary of the game in Japan on Virtual Console. So I'd assume we will eventually see the original version sometime soon. Yep. Okay, I'll take postals for 400. All right. Pushmo, the recent eShop release, was made by Intelligent Systems, who also made this popular Nintendo puzzle franchise. There are multiple names for this one. And I'll take any one of them. Pedro. Uh, what is Panetapon? Yes, or Puzzle League or Tetris Attack would have also been allowed. 
Okay. All right. The uh, board is still yours. I'll take puzzles for 600. That is the Daily Double. Uh, yay. Yay. All right, where are you going to bet, Pedro? Uh, how much do I have right now? A lot. All of it. <laughs> 2,600. God. <laughs> Scott's got negative 700, and Nate's got negative 1,300. Oh, man, negative okay, half. Wow. <laughs> I whiffed that Mega Man one. No, no, the funny thing is that it's like you guys have gotten ones right. It's just that you both got 1,000-point ones wrong. Yeah. But, uh, okay, uh, I'm going to bet... 400. 400? Yeah. All right. Tetris features this many pieces. Um, what is five pieces? That is incorrect. It's actually oh. seven. Seven. Yes. Um, oh, well. So the board I still is, have my money. The board is still yours. Uh, okay, uh, I'll take uh, puzzles for 800. All right. Nonograms are what the name of the puzzles you complete in this series are called. Scott. I think I'm wrong, but I'll just say Pacross. That is correct. He's back on the board. He's in the positives, too, I think. Yay. Welcome back. You have 100. <laughs> you are only 2,100 away from Pedro. <laughs> Watch out, Pedro. All right, let's finish out a uh, puzzle. All right. Though Poyo Poyo is a Sega game now, Nintendo still made this Super Nintendo version of it, starring a notable character of theirs. Um, Scott. Kirby's Avalanche? That is correct. Woo! I, my first thought was, was Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I was like, no, no. That's, that's actually that's a the other game. one that's basically I've never actually thing. played Kirby's Avalanche, but I've played the crap out of Mean Bean Machine. Yeah. Both are good. Me too. They're the same All thing. Right. We got Virtual Console and Pikmin 2, the two Andy made categories in this batch. Yeah, not going to touch Pikmin 2. Uh, let's do Virtual <laughs> <Yeah>. Console. <laughs> All right. Uh, just want to start at the beginning? Yeah. All right. This Genesis game provides lock-on technology to the previous two titles in the series. Um, Scott. Uh, Sonic and Knuckles. That is correct for 200. He's making a late-game comeback, folks. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> I'll just keep rolling, 400. All right. This Mega Man title was the last NES title to be released on Virtual Console thus far. That was Scott again. Yeah, I'm going to go Mega Man 5. That is correct. He's on fire. If we were playing <laughs> NBA Jam, you would be burning up the computer. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going to put up a brick. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let, let's uh, keep going. 600. This virtual console arcade title shares a title, but little else, with an NES game featuring Irene Liu and ninjas. Uh, Scott. Is it Ninja Guy Den? Yes, that is correct. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Score update. Scott's in the lead. Wow. Oh. <laughs> He's got 2,300 to 2,200. <laughs> right. Pedro. Yeah, uh, 800. All right. This was the first import title to be fully localized for North America on Virtual Console. Uh. Eh, eh, eh. Sin and Punishment. 
I thought so. Uh, I, I just didn't because Battle, Sin and Punishment was the first one to actually be localized because uh, games like Battle Load Runner, um, they were just the Japanese versions were released, but they already had English text. Oh, so okay. they didn't have to be localized. I was and actually, was that one. Sin and Punishment was the first one to be released that was classified as an import game. Because I believe still to this day, even though Battle Load Runner is an import game, it's not listed as one on the, the Wii Shop channel. Oh, okay. I did my research, man. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll close out Virtual Console? Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, man. This is a really mean one. Uh, no one's going to get this. Damn you, Andy. This 2008 900-point virtual console game features characters by the names of Billy King and Duke Edwards. No one? Not surprised. Burning like Fight. It's, all... oh, it's a Neo Geo game. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, not at oh, all. That was... All right. Um, all right, well, let's just roll through Pikmin then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you guys might be able to get some of these, but, uh, I mean... I I wound up cleaning up that Zelda 2 category, and I played the game for about an hour. So <laughs> anything is possible. All right, for 200 points, yellow Pikmin are immune to this natural phenomenon. Pedro. What are explosions? That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. All right, um, the next one is... This oh wait does anyone else want to guess that one? No, I, but what was the answer? Uh, what is electricity? Oh okay. Ah. This is the name of Captain Olimar's trusty sidekick in Pikmin Two. Uh, Pedro. Who is Louis? That is correct, and Pedro is back in front. Oof. Yay! He's gonna be mean too. I'm not gonna know any of these. 600, the opening area from Pikmin 2. Um, but no one's going to get that one. What is the Valley of Repose? Oh. I know JP was going to get that one. That's for sure. <laughs> this, we, we can just say that JP got, uh, what, at least 2,400 points here? If he was playing. <laughs> yeah. The number of blue Pikmin you would need to carry what five purple Pikmin can carry. Nate? I think you started to say it. Is it 15? Uh, no, it was 50. Oh. <laughs> I did start to say it, though. But you had you had two ways to go. You know, you guessed. <laughs> All right. Um, the last one for 1,000. This is the company that Captain Olimar works for. Pedro? I think this is going to kill me, but why is that big, big carrot company? No, it's a Hokitate Fright. Fuck. That, that killed me. All I'm right. sorry, JP, but that game sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so at the end of Double Jeopardy, Scott is in the lead with 2,300 points after going off of like a five or six question in a row run. Um, Pedro's in second with 1,400. And Nate, bless his heart, is <laughs> negative 1,900. <laughs> um. But uh, we'll just pretend that Nate uh, has... has uh... 1,900. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of argument, he's still alive for Final Jeopardy. Um, so, as we've done this before, just send me in your bets in, um, after I say what the category is. And what was that? Category... I'm sorry, what was Pedro's score again? 1,400. <clears throat> so we got 2,300, 
1,400 and negative 1,900. All right, and the category for the final one is current news. Or I guess a more apt category might be current revelations. And then uh, send me in your bets. So I guess during this time, I will uh, fill it up while everyone sends me their bets about uh, games I've been playing, I guess, or something along those lines. Oh, wait, 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 no, I have good news to, send, uh, to tell everyone. We might be doing this live at PAX East, which uh, could potentially be very cool. Um, probably going to have some kind of guest participation if we actually get it on the off chance that we do. Um, so that will be cool. Um, and we're just so waiting. Nate, are you needs... gonna? Nate, are you gonna bid or? Uh, I, am I bidding negative points? <laughs> I mean, I guess that could work. Except for then you'd get more negative points. <laughs> well, it would I, be I a positive know. if we were multiplying it. Are we multiplying it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I will read it and then everyone can answer. Um. Here is the answer. Once again, send it to me in in confidence. In the recently revealed Zelda timeline, this is what causes the third timeline split. Hmm. You know, I meant to look at that all day today. I meant to pull that up <laughs> and look at that. What? I, was, I, I couldn't think of a Final Jeopardy question, and then that got revealed, and I was just like, oh, done. Pedro resent it as a question. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess to start it off, um, oh, oh, Nate sent his in. So we will read off Nate's first. What if Link? What is Link fails to beat Ganondorf? That is correct. Um, it happens in Ocarina of Time. And Pedro's answer, he bid fourteen hundred. Um, what happens if Link feels to de- fails to defeat Ganon? That also is correct. So that uh, that brings him up to twenty eight hundred. Yes. And I think we're gonna have to give it to Scott because he does still kind of have it right, albeit it's not specific. But Link dies. Dot dot dot. <laughs> question mark. And he bid five fifty. I mean, if anyone wants to argue that, we could get an objective third party to to debate that. But I think it works because that's kind of what has to happen. Um. He has to fail and potentially die. Pedro, so, do you contest that? No, I don't have to disagree. It makes sense. I mean, uh, the only way Link can fail is if he's killed or gets an arm and a leg cut off. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that means at the end of Jeopardy, mildly improbable, Scott comes out ahead <laughs> 2850 to 2800. Wow. Wow, we were close. Yes. Yeah. And we'll say that Nate came out at zero because he got the, the final Jeopardy right. <laughs> so pulls his buff up to zero. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, but was that good, guys? Did we all enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, he was Do good. I need to stop asking such douchey, douchey questions? Because I don't want to have just gimmies, but I feel like I guess I should. Because there's so many where it's just like, um, shit. It's just all about getting the right person who would know, like, one yeah. specific thing about, like, a random, you know, specific game. Yeah, I mean, like, Pikmin 2, like, 
Like, n- none of you guys really knew no, Pikmin 2. No, but, like, if, right, if, like, someone like JP had been here, he would have cleaned house, so. Yeah. Or maybe even Mike, I yeah. don't know if he's played much Pikmin 2, but he might have known some of those, yeah. so. And in all fairness, uh, I pretty much own the Mario Kart category, so yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that later on I would fail, so it even sings out a little bit. Yep. Yeah, not too bad. Ma- I think major upset here by beating Pedro. So I'm yeah, I mean, well, there, there, was, there, was, there was legitimately six questions in a row that you got right to put you in the lead. You started that runoff in negative points. Right. And wound up <laughs> beating him. I hope I don't upset all those like listeners who were saying who cheer for you now, Pedro. Yeah, Sorry, guys. You're going to be the villain. We'll have to give you like some kind of... Oh, it was... A, at least I lost for by 50 points, at least. It's not like I lost by negative... <laughs> One million. Is right. It, is that a dig Ouch. at Nate? <laughs> yeah. say, wow. uh, I was going to say, I have to have a rematch with you two. But yeah, summons we have, uh, we've, we've now, we've done three episodes of Jeopardy and we've had three different winners. It's intense. Um, so thanks everyone for, for listening. Hopefully you made it this far. Um, and let us know any feedback about the show. Um, you can tell us in the talkback thread or you can email us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and we look forward to hearing from you and uh, also if you have any category ideas um, I know someone has sent me a Pokemon one in the past I believe it was Shaman who is named after a Pokemon haven't used it yet but it will likely get used at some point possibly if we get this Paxi live show I might use some listener categories there Um, but if you have any uh, you can I guess you can email them to us at connectivity but if you could put them in a like word document or something because generally we do have other people on the on the connectivity alias might be contestants in it so i guess there's a way so that way not everyone knows it thus discluding them from being a part of the contestants in that episode yeah or you can just send it to them and we'll figure something out there you go but yeah thanks for uh thanks for thanks for coming by okay bye bye, bye. Alright, and that'll do it. Hope you guys enjoyed this sort of supersized holiday episode. Um, thanks a lot for listening. As always, if you have any listener mail for us, you can send it to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Also, if you have the time, we'd love if you'd uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We've got a couple of new ones there, and we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And uh, I guess that'll do it. So uh, we'll be back uh, next week with our final show of 2011. Uh, you can probably look forward to some Game of the Year talk and things of that nature. Um, But for now, enjoy the holiday, and we'll see you next week.